This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CPJ Cost. I'm Joel Abraham, a little bit bunged up today, suffering from a bit of a cold. Uh, joined by David McDonald. David, 24 hours later than we were originally planning to record. Do you want to clue us in on what was <laughs> sure. going on with David this weekend? <laughs> well, this, that, this one's Damon's fault, definitely. Um, we, had, uh, we communicate <clears throat> a lot on the weekends, and uh, we set up a time and everything, and I knew I was going out. But I thought I was going to be, uh, I thought I was going to be responsible, Damon. And uh, responsible, Damon, no showed. <laughs> he uh, he uh, did not make the show. So uh, I went to a um, once again falling victim to the the tribute band, Joel. This time it was a U two tribute band, and they were great. They were called uh, the Unforgettable Fire, named after a album and song of the same name and uh the bono guy is amazing and listen i know there's people that that, that hand wave you two and they think that's it's fucking dad rock or whatever they're great i don't care what anybody says you two is one of the greatest bands of all time <clears throat> and this cover band was was great and the bono guy was was amazing and and it's it, what is fun is like when you have that weird talent, like you can sing, but I can sing like another human being who's famous. And not only that, but my DNA has kind of morphed into this person who kind of looks like him, right? That, that, isn't that the weirdest thing? Like I look like a guy and I can sing like a guy. That's just like the weirdest talent, I mean, to me, of, of any talent. Um, so the band was tight and that was tight. And then... I introduced a couple friends to the the world of strong zeros, which, <laughs> as you know, if if we're bringing out the strong zeros, we're we're going for broke. So, anywho, um, uh, I get woken up. It's like uh, I think we agreed upon like a, like an eight o'clock bell time, and uh, oh boy, it just didn't happen because I I woke up and then the next thing I know it was an hour later and then I'm scrambling and I was like oh Joel I'm so sorry and, he, and you weren't feeling good anyway like you you're coming off coughing coming off a pretty decent flu or cold and you were you were kind of happy you got that text message so uh, it's now six a.m. for me um, it's cold as fuck out here in Philadelphia I don't know what the weather is out there it is like it's it's legitimately minus whatever and it's it's freezing fucking cold and uh that's my update for the day <laughs> thank you so 6 a.m david's just woken up but uh luckily he is here to give us a full breakdown a thorough recap Ooh. of all the fantastic media shows so take it away damon <laughs> thanks thanks brian alvarez so dave tell us about fantastic mania um shuffle some papers <laughs> yeah let me get my notes uh, hmm. I, I did watch I... a bit of Fantastic Mania. Yeah. Some noteworthy stuff okay. that I thought was quite interesting was Sho and Yo, who are wrestling under their Fujin and Raging gimmicks, 
they beat Shingo Ibushi on the 16th. So there's a possibility that that might lead into a future IWGP Junior Tag Team Challenge at some point if Shingo Ibushi managed to retain against Kanemaru and Desperado at New Beginning. There was a singles match between Cavanario and Soberano Jr., which was really good because during the Junior Tag League, we didn't really see the best of Soberano Jr., but he seemed a lot more comfortable here. And it was a really good match. I mean, we got to see a caveman do the worm. What more do you want? And literally, as we started recording, there was a special tag match about to happen, which was the movie My Dad is a Heel Wrestler special tag match between Sweet Gorilla, Mariyama, and Dragon George versus Blue Bottle Mask and Cockroach Mask. So that's. Uh, Makabe and Okada versus Taguchi and Tanahashi, for those of you who were not aware of the film. And also, we got a new commentator today, uh, an English gentleman going by the name of Tom, who is getting rave reviews. I've been on the Discord channel, the Super Jcast Discord, where there's a lot of people watching live, and they are full of praise for Tom, who knows the products inside out, is even correcting maths on some things, which is great, and seems to be a natural at it. So, I was curious if it was the same wonderful gentleman that we bumped into at Krakow and Hall. So if it is, one, big thumbs up for the great job on commentary. And two, get in touch. Give us a call, Tom. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. You 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 passed along that word this morning. And I was like, I mean, I was, you know, when you said the name, I'm thinking, oh, is that the same gentleman we met at Corkin? Um, so if it is... And and I'll have then I listen. I'm, I'll I'll definitely watch this show. How about that? I'll definitely watch this show later today, and give some feedback. Aside from that, though, I I cannot say, uh, and and some people might dismiss this, but as as we have for Fantastica Mania, but you know, it's it's hard it's hard to 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 get into this, uh, and 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 I was explaining to people who. You know, aren't fans of of pro wrestling or New Japan or or you know or any of it? You know, kind of like what this week is or what these two weeks are, and you know, it's like you're you're hyped, you are excited for pro wrestling after coming off of Wrestle Kingdom, and you you just want more and more and more, and 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 you're you you can't be satisfied with just just coming off of Dash and then jumping into Fantastic Mania. It's just, and I know some people have suggested, well, why don't they move the tour or why don't they move it? It's not the tour and it's not the wrestling because the wrestling is, is pretty good. It's not really my style. Um, it's not something that, that I particularly go out of my way to, to seek. If somebody says it's good, I'll watch. But a lot of times I just, I just don't like the style. I just find it overly choreographed. Um, and just that's my tastes. And that's okay. There's people who enjoy it, and that's fine. I'm, I'm, I won't knock you. Um, it's the fact that it just means Zilcho in the in the um, in the story arc of, of of New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's just this thing that they just do. I don't I, I don't know how other way to explain it. Like there's nothing that goes on on this tour that impacts the remainder of the year. And if there was, I, I absolutely would be more in on it. But it's just a, a complete pause right after, literally right after, the most exciting time of the year. And 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 again, I, is it to give wrestlers a break? Is it to uh, give everyone a break? Give everybody a little pause and time to reflect? Maybe I don't. You know, it just doesn't work for me. And especially the timing of when it occurs. 
Um, so to, to answer a question of, you know, would it be best to hit, you know, to have it in, in, in April or I, I don't know. But any time that you hit pause, it just tells me that this is not important or it's not relevant to anything that I really need to, to focus on. Um, and just trust me, it's a busy time of year for everybody. I don't know. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with me. Um, and it's just something I, I, I have a lot of difficulty wrapping my head around. A listener Robin wrote to us and said, what would you replace Fantastica Mania with in the NJPW calendar? Would this be a better slot for Tagley? I don't think so. I think Fantastica Mania is fine where it is. I enjoyed watching the bits and pieces that I have seen. But personally, I enjoy having a little bit of break from New Japan after Dash because it's a time of year you've watched a lot of wrestling, particularly if you're into the, the Japanese pro wrestling scene because there's a lot of stuff going on that whole Wrestle Kingdom week. So I've been watching lots of stuff. I've been watching some Noah, some All Japan, some Wrestle One, some Zero One, some DDT, some Joshi Wrestling. So there's a ton of stuff to get through. So having to catch up on all of that. And also we're getting the ballots through for Voices of Wrestling top 10 matches of the year. So I've got a long list of stuff that I want to rewatch. So personally, I'm quite happy with Fantastic and Mania where it is. It's non-canon. It's a bit fun. The matches are fun. But it's okay to just sort of dip in and out of it. It's not must-see New Japan. You're not going to get lost if you don't see any of it. And personally, I enjoy having the break. It is a break. And and it is it is kind of like what you mentioned because you're right. I probably it, – it's probably my, my busiest time of watching non-New Japan pro wrestling. Um, so if there's a benefit for the, for the entire pro wrestling community uh, – yeah, they're getting more eyeballs on the product probably now than they do just about at any other time of the year. I mean, except for like big, you know, all Japan when they have the Champions Carnival, you know, you're, you're, you're tuning in for that, or um, you know, a, a big Noah show or uh, a big uh, big Japan show in the middle of, of of the summer. So, yeah, it's on the one side, it is like ah, uh, you know. Fuck, I realize I'm really hyped for the new Japan, and 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 I want to see more. But in in the in the same regard, it's kind of nice to have that little break that you know you can kind of step away and pop in and out of when you can, uh, because it's really not something that's going to impact. Uh, you're not going to miss anything. You're not going to you know you not feel like uh, uh, you know, anything storyline wise or anything match quality wise. It's going to be uh, a deal breaker if you miss. Matthew asks, if you were to pick one wrestler from CMLL, apart from Dragon League, to be in the best of Super Juniors this year, who would it be? So I would just dip in and say, based on what I've seen so far from Fantastica Mania, I know uh, Cavanario has been in the best of Super Juniors before, so I'd like to see him back because he really impressed me the other day. And I think Soberano Junior deserves another chance. I know he wasn't great during the Junior Tag League, but I think there's every chance that he could be in best of Super Juniors as well. Uh, David, anyone off the top of your head outside? Obviously, you haven't seen Fantastic Mania, but any other CMLL talent that you think should be in Best of Super Juniors? Hmm. Um, I, I, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, <laughs> simple answer. I mean, I mean, it's just. I I I I kind of like Barbaro Cavanaro. Um, I I none of them really do a lot for me. I'm going to be honest. I I I just they just don't do anything for me. 
but they, I, I, and I, I don't, me, you know, I don't make make it mean to sound like they stink because they certainly don't. But I'm, I'm not. They, I, I don't really. They don't do anything for me. None of them. None of them connect with me. None of. I mean, trust me. I love a dragon league. Don't get me wrong. I'd rather see a Robbie Eagles, really. I'd rather see a, I don't know, it's just a style. It's just it's I'm I'm really trying to like and like I like I'm actually looking to be like, would I want that person? But I'm looking at like a roster. I'm like not nothing's really like connecting with me. I I mean, I'm fine with with what we got. I don't. Th- I don't think anybody's. Here's the thing. I don't think you tell me. You've you've watched more than me. Has anybody connected with you so much as as you would say? Yeah, they deserve a spot in best of the super juniors right now. I can't argue with a caveman who does the worm. That I was sold on day one from that. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been on every not every single tour, but he's been on every single tour that I can vividly remember. Um, I remember him with Nakamura, like them two palling around a lot. He was like the king of caveman style. He had it painted on his back. Uh, and I loved Nakamura's mask. That's the one thing I do. do. And Kushida, when he brings out his little robot mask, that's, I do. It's just, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I, one, I feel like I can't do it justice because I don't watch enough of it to really be like, that guy's great. That guy's not great. And, and, and. I don't watch it like I'm like I don't watch enough CML to to be like they're great and they're not great and then I don't watch a lot of Fantastica Mania, so we spent the first five minutes talking about how much I don't watch this, <laughs> which sucks, which to a listener has to stink. But um, I don't think anybody's really wowed me enough to to take a spot in Special Super Juniors. I'm going to be truthful. Um, I, I would be okay if if if. if just, just a Dragon Lee were in it, and that that would be that. All right. So Damon hates Lucha. No, take away from this. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Right, I do me. have something, something for us to get our teeth stuck into. Uh, Louis says, if you take anything from this year's Fantastic Mania, it's that Hiromu has been watching, attending uh, the shows. So Dan says, uh, Sugabayashi said Hiromu has to be at 1,000%. Over the past month, Hiromu's Twitter indicates his recovery has gone from 732% in mid-December to 873% as of mm. today. If this pace continues, I think we're going to see him at New Beginning in Osaka or Izuka's retirement show. So, Damon, it seems now with Hiromu, it's a matter of when rather than if. Uh, Super J cast branded gun to your head, or time bomb to your head rather, when do you think we see Hiromu? When would be the optimum time to bring him back? Um, I think it's going to be sooner than later. I think it's before G1. Uh, uh, I'll say before G1. Uh, how's that? Um, and you're right. I think it is a matter of not if, but when. Which is very encouraging and and very good news. I really thought he would be at Wrestle Kingdom. I, you know, here's the thing: <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if he was at Wrestle Kingdom, but he just, you know, he wasn't on camera and didn't show. Um, I had not heard Wearing his Kabatachi mask. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, getting in the in the Fantastic Mania spirit. 
Um, I'm going to say before G1, which is which is great news. Now, again, there is that two sides of the coin kind of thing where everybody gets all antsy because it is a neck injury and, you know, the first bump you're holding your breath. Everybody does it. But if the doctors clear him, and, the, and again, I like the fact that, you know, he has to be at what, what was it, at the 10,000% or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that train of thought in the sense of you, you, there can't be a, a thing wrong. It can't be a twinge or a, ooh, that kind of was, no, it's got to be perfect because it, it, that is a serious injury. But if he's saying he gets the 10,000 and he's at 800, I can't believe we're talking in these percentages, but okay. Uh, we all get the point. Uh, yeah, if he gets clearance, he gets clearance. Clearance, clearance. Good. That's what that's what we want. And I think it's going to be uh, – I think he'll be back in the ring prior to G1. A few people have suggested the possibility of uh, New Beginning. LIJ have a clean sweep. They defend all their titles successfully. And they're doing the roll call at the end, and then Hiromu comes back then. So that will be a cool moment. I think Hiromu will be back before, in time for Best of the Super Juniors, because given that they're doing the final at the Sumo Hall, I think in order to sell that, they must know, my theory, they must know that Hiromu will be back by then. So I think he's going to be in Best of the Super Juniors and in the final to help sell out that venue. So those are my... Two cents on the issue, and he's in all the videos, yes. Joel. He's in, you know, he was in yes. all of those promo- promotional videos. And if there was a sliver of doubt of him not being back, again, he would be. It's just kind of a a, a thing that teams and and organizations and stuff do. It's like you're just erased, <laughs> right? Right? They don't want you to think about somebody who's on the shelf or or not going to be able to participate. So he was in all of it, and and a focal point of those videos. So yeah, I mean. I think I think best of the super juniors is a solid solid call. All right, well we're to coin a Latin phrase bouncing around New Japan today. So let's have a look at what the observer had to say this week. So we don't have a gate for Tokyo Dome yet, but it was confirmed as the largest gate for a pro wrestling show in Japan since the Antonio Inoki retirement show in nineteen ninety eight, which did the equivalent of seven million dollars for the Inoki versus Don Fry main event. It would be the second or third biggest of all time in Japan with the other Monster Gate from that era being the first Keiji Muto versus Nobuhiko Takada match in 1995, that did 6.1 million. So, just eyeballing it, Damon, when we were in the Tokyo Dome, looking around, it looked pretty full to me. So, you look back and you see those historical uh, attendances that they give you for stuff like, uh, was it Anoki's retirement, or uh, and you know figures like 50,000, 60,000, I don't physically see how you would get that many bodies in the Tokyo Dome. I think Wrestle Kingdom 13 looked pretty damn close to a sellout to me, which I guess one tells you that all those figures that they gave you in the past, they were being economical with the truth. And two, they must be really close to selling out. Yeah. That that's one thing. When when we were there and again, I was sitting next to the, the the Red Shoes cosplayer, and we were right on the end. So I guess the the equivalent would be if you're in a baseball stadium and you are right on the first base foul line, right right where the the home you know your your outfield wall is connects to the side wall, right where the the foul uh, pole would be. We were right there. 
That's that's where I was sitting, and that was full, right? So the only things that were really not full were the outfield sections, and you couldn't possibly sit there. Maybe one section you could, um, but you'd be close to the stage setup. So it would be, you know, a, a tight squeeze. Number one, and number two, just with the with the stage layout, it, it would be a little bit difficult and a little bit pyro and all that nonsense. So they're not going to sell those seats. The only other place where they could have put people in might be there. There, there was a large pocket of open area, and again, there were no seats there, but a large pocket in beyond that. I guess they called it uh, section B. So they had the golden circle seats near the ringside, and then they had section A on the floor, and then section B was a section past that. But it that did seem like there was a bit of an opening where they could have put more seats uh, beyond that on the infield. They would have been terrible seats, though. I mean, let's be truthful, because you you got two levels, two layers of people a- ahead of you um, with about probably like 30 rows each section. The the first level, you know, your first elevated level where you would normally be sitting for like a baseball game, Joe, they were packed. And it wasn't I, – I, I couldn't – I mean, there might have been like a one-seater every once in a while, but by and large, it was packed. And then the second level, that was packed as well. It felt like anywhere that they that you could find seats, people were sitting them. And my point being, I was sitting next to the Red Shoes cosplayer guy. And we were both kind of looking around at the same time, but we, our eyes both met like, as we were kind of scanning the, the entire stadium. And we're both nodding like, there's a lot and of you people here. And we kissed. <laughs> it was a romantic moment. It really was. Our eyes locked. Oh, he smelled nice. He held me tight. Um, no, silly. We were looking at the crowd. And, yeah, we both kind of nodded at the same time like, wow, there's a lot of fucking people here. And I'm terrible with, like, counting crowds. But... When you told me the paid number was like 30-something, 30 39 or whatever it was, um, I was a little disappointed because it felt like there were more – it felt like we got past that 40 mark with paid. Um, and I think with comps and everything else, it felt like there were more than 42 in that building. Yeah, so it does maybe explain why they would run the Dome twice, especially when you take into account that – there were how many people applied for Dash? Was it ten thousand people or something? Yeah, horribly yeah. oversubscribed for New Year Dash. So you, you get the reasoning behind. Well, fuck it, let's just do the dome twice. And even if they do get a lower number for one of those shows, even if they hit, let's say twenty thousand, that's still got to be considered a success. See, here's the thing: I really don't think it's going to be. I, I think the mindset is going to be. And again, I don't know. We all know that it's not the the you know the Western, and we put Western, we put everybody that's not Japanese in that Western bucket. Unfortunately, even though you know there's Australia who's South, and there's you know South America, and, but when we say Western, we're saying anybody who's non-Japanese. That's foreign. Not, I was having this foreign. discussion with someone on Twitter. They they said, "Why do you keep calling Jay White the Western Ace when he's from New Zealand?" I was right. like, oh, "Okay, fair enough. Call, right. call him the Foreign Ace." Right. 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 Um, I, I see that point, especially like if you're, if you are Australian or from New Zealand, it's like, we're not Western yet, yeah, fuck faces. I, I know we get it, but, but that's what we're, we're alluding to. Um, 
What was my point? My point was, uh, oh yeah, they're, they're they're not driving the ticket sales per se, but it is a great barometer to kind of sort out the overall attendance. Like, if there's a lot of Western audience, there's going to be a lot of buzz in general for a show. And again, a lot goes into that. You know, getting over the you know. The hesitation of oh I got to be on an airplane for fourteen hours and oh I got to save some money and oh I got to plan this shit but um you know the 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 fun factor of going over there and and doing that outweighs a, a lot of those struggles people might have so uh but again it's it, it's it's used as a barometer to gauge interest overall in a show I think once people are there though. It's like okay, I'm uh, there's chew now. Great, I'll just buy chew instead of having to struggle and cut off a toe and sell my child or you know refi my house to get into Dash, right? And those tickets aren't that expensive. No, for Wrestle Kingdom. No, they're not. They're really. I mean, considering then, I mean, the, the Golden Circle tickets are like are five hundred bucks, which is okay. It is what it is, but. Um, but overall, to get your ass in the building, you, you can get your ass in the building. Um, and it just I, – I like the idea of it too because it just makes it much more convenient. You know what I mean? Like again, everybody wants to be in Dash. Everybody the, – the, the, the 40,000 people that were at the Tokyo Dome, uh, I would say 39,000 of them, if given the opportunity, would, would go to Cork in the next day. Physically impossible to do. This makes it a, a hell of a lot easier for people. It's just, oh, cool. I'll be back at the big the big boy house. Great. Um, and getting the tickets and getting everything. So I think that's going to be the, the, a, a real fun two days. Um, the the downside of it is, okay, you, you got to put on two decent shows. I, 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 I hope and pray that it's not – there's not a weaker show. I mean I think we'll spend a lot of time comparing the two and figuring out and all that stuff. But, you know – the the one side of the coin is, you know, there is the possibility of having a weaker show, but also the other side of the coin is this too: matches that will will that you know we had the the first show the one you know the, the show that just passed, and I think the biggest complaint that we've heard and it wasn't a loud one, but it it is one that was like ah I wish they had more time ah I wish that match had more time, well okay now you can you can have these matches have. All the time they want, because we got two hour two dome shows we got to fill, and I'm not saying that they both go five hours, but you know it's a dome show, so you're, you're it's not going to go a two hour show. These aren't going to be two hour dome shows, so these matches can get some time, which is nice. So I think there's pluses and minuses, but I think the pluses outweigh the minuses in this case. And also, you're not going to have situations with established names like Suzuki, Goto, Taichi being left off the show. You can find meaningful programs and matches for all your top names. So, you know, those fifteen guys who were put on the pre-show gauntlet match, take a handful of the top names from that and give them decent singles programs, and everyone's happy. Yep. And now here's the thing, though: what that what does that mean from a booking perspective? Here's what it means from a booking perspective: you can't have lazy booking at this point. You got to have everything mean something. So. While it was nice that we got Zach and Ishii, and it was nice that we got Abushi and 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 Osprey, though let's be truthful, in in some cases, 
you know, there were matches that were kind of thrown together at the last minute. And again, Ibushi and, and, and Osprey, maybe not, because there was a story there with Goto in the mix and all that. You, you tag situation, I think maybe maybe I would put in that category of you know just things things just seemed hodgepodgey throughout the year. You can't do that. You, you get you're you're going to have to really have a decent, at least an attempt, mind you, of building a decent storyline for each of these programs for it to to resonate. So uh, I, I I think that's something that will need to be worked on throughout the entire year where each division and each program goes into those Wrestle Kingdom kingdoms <laughs> um, with a little bit more focus and a little bit more okay meaning as we go into those that this year's dome season. Okay, let's move on to the next topic, which is the 2018 Tokyo Sports Pro Rest Awards. MVP went to Hiroshi Tanahashi, match of the year to Omega and Okada from Dominion. Tag team, the Violence Giants, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa from All Japan. Outstanding performance to Naomichi Marufuji from NOAA. Fighting Spirit Award went to Kaito Kiyomiya from NOAA. The Technical Award to Tetsuya Naito. Joshi Award to Tsukasa Fujimoto of Ice Ribbon. And the Rookie Award to Utami Hayashishita from Stardom. So we have representation from three New Japan winners there. Any surprises there for you, Damon? No, not really. They, I like, I like, I like just like how you mentioned that it, it is a mix of all these different promotions. It doesn't feel like it's because it can very easily be a, a, a completely uh, New Japan focused, or um, if there, if it were another promotion that was riding a hot streak, you, you know, it's it's a nice mix, um, and I think it's deserving. You know, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel like anybody got slated on that one. Um, Maybe, no, not even. No, I was going to say maybe Tanahashi, but uh, for MVP, but no, he deserves it. He was close in hours. Uh, match of the year, good tag team of the year. I like a lot. They, that's a well deserving tag team right there. Uh, who just recently lost their titles, right? They lost their, their, their titles to uh, Strong BJ, right? Um, yeah, I watched that match this morning. How, it's terrific. Yeah, if you're into that sort of stuff, four big lads doing big lad things, check it out. Yeah. Um. I was there for the the challenge. Let's put that when they when they hit the ring and they challenged. Um, mm, no, that, 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 I think that's uh, I think they did a good job there. Those awards that that's that's fine. And they and correct me if I'm wrong. That was like uh, one of Kenny's last Japanese performances, not performances, but appearances, should I say? Um, it was shortly after that he tweeted out that picture of him. Until next time, Japan, and uh, which was pretty. Uh, Interesting, to say the least. I'm sure a talking point we'll have further down the road. Yeah, definitely. Um, I obviously don't think we've seen the last of him, but uh, we'll have to wait and see for that one. Sticking with the awards, uh, Liam on the Discord has sent us a Twitter thread with winners for the 2018 Net Pro Wrestling Awards, i.e. Japanese hardcore Smart fans. Uh, Liam adds, I do love the Smarks putting Tetsuya Naito below Takeda and Jay White where he fucking belongs. So, controversial there. Uh, here, Okay, so I'll read out MVP. Here's the list. One, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Two, Masashi Takeda. Three, Kenny Omega. Meiko Satomura. Naomichi Marafuji. Jay White. Tetsuya Naito. Asuka. WWE. Shima. And Kento Miyahara. So, there's your top ten MVP. Tanahashi on top again. Uh, anything stand out to you there? Kind of surprised uh, Miyahara was a little low. Um, 
He's, I mean, he. It's all Japan, and and all Japan is always going to. I don't want to say struggle, but you know they're always going to struggle. Um, to kind of get the eyeballs and, and and get the people behind them. He's he's had good matches. His main events are usually good, at least good. Uh, so I'm a little, little little surprised. He's that far down on, in the pecking order in the voting of of a hardcore fan base too. Um, it's kind of telling, I think. That that I guess that would be my one surprise. Oscar maybe too. I mean, what did she? What has she done? <laughs> I've, I've never. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Thank you very much. Uh, I think. Not that I watch it. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Jay White in sixth. Yeah, that's very high. Yeah. I, I you know, I wonder. I, I'd wonder what the criteria people have um, in in that voting, and and and. Yeah, I guess those are, that would be a surprise for me too, huh? Yeah, interesting numbers there. I, I, I mean, everyone that we've it felt like we talked to felt like he's in the mix, right? I mean, hmm. That's that's that's, that's that, that. Yeah, give me the minute. Give me the top three again. Uh, top three was Hiroshi Tanahashi, Masashi Takeda, and Kenny Omega. Okay. Hmm. I mean, you can make an argument. I, I, Miyahara being that low is is, is like tenth, right? That ten. Huh. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Where, I wonder why people were sour on his year. I mean, it was a spectacular year, but it was it was a solid year. I don't know if it's ten. I think he deserves to be higher than that. Above Asuka. Christ. Let's talk about the best tag team then. Number one, the Stronghearts faction. Two, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa. Three, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi. Four, Evelyn Sonata. Five, LIJ. Six, Young Bucks. Seven, Kanemaru and Desperado. Stronghearts coming in really high there. People are into that stuff. They're into the Shima and T-Hawk and L. Lindemann and those boys. Yeah, they're good. Number one though. They're good, though. It was interesting they, that Golden Lovers came in top out of all the New Japan tag teams because there was a lot of consternation when our Super J-Cast Awards came out with Golden Lovers being the top tag team there. And the hardcore Japanese uh, smart fans have voted the same way. Yeah. Well, listen, we have a, we have a very intelligent listening audience. They know. Uh, but, but, but let's be truthful here. What, who else were you going to vote for in heavyweight tags? Sonata and Evil, God, right? Just it, yeah, I you really didn't have a lot to pick from. Young Bucks, uh, I mean, you didn't you didn't really have a lot to pick from, and they were in the mix the entire year. I mean, it was probably one of, if not the biggest storyline in New Japan all year. Matches were good, right? weren't a lot of matches, but the output was. At the ver- at the very least, solid, uh, and at the high end, pretty great. So, yeah, I mean, what else? You didn't really have a lot else to pick from. I think they were a a clear cut and distant winner. Best match number one, 
Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi, the G1 final. Two, Okada versus Omega at Dominion. Three, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. That's a bit of a surprise that came in so high. Four, Masashi Takeda versus Isami Kodaka, that incredible death match that has everyone buzzing and talking about yeah. it. Number five, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi from the Road to Tokyo Dome show right at the end of the year. Six, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Seven, Kenny Omega versus Ishii from the G1. Eight, Violento Jack versus Masashi Takeda. Nine, Shuji Ishikawa versus Shingo Takagi from the Champions Carnival. And ten, Masashi Takeda versus Jun Kasai. So, Masashi Takeda in there three times. He's had a, an outstanding year. The that's something. Death match there. You know, that's not easy to do. Because you figure these... Sometimes I feel like those death matches, you, 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 you are limited in the sense of you know, the spots that are the biggest ooh and ah are deathmatch related, you know? So it's usually something where you're falling from a considerable height or, you know, it's, it's more about the dangerousness of, of what is going on in the ring as opposed to, say, be the skill of a Dominion match, right? And that's not to say that the Big Japan stuff and the deathmatch stuff isn't skillful. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But most of it, it feels like, you know, when you're popping out of your chair, it's more of, holy fucking shit, he just landed on a, you know, bed of nails from a powerbomb from the top row. You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of crazy-ass shit that they're, they're pulling off. Um, and I feel like sometimes you can be somewhat limited in, in what you can do in a ring filled with shards of glass. So... uh with that said, I, th- I, th- I think it's a pretty amazing thing. Sometimes, again, it's more of the car crash element that I'm watching for that, and it's not so much the gr- and I put in air quotes the great wrestling. It's it's a, it's a it's 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 not for everybody. Like you know, I I can understand if people hand wave it because of just the the, the grossness factor of it. You know, there's just the blood running down people's backs and just ugh. um. But there is that element of, holy shit, I can't believe these people are putting their bodies through this stuff. And, you know, they, they, they make it work into, into, a, into a solid, fun, uh, entertaining pro wrestling match. So, again, if this podcast is – if this show is in anything, it's both sides of the coin. So I'm trying to pl- play both sides of the fence a little bit. I like it. I, I, I will watch those main events, and I think that they are pretty great. They're, but there is that element of, oh, like, this is pretty gross. <laughs> it's not, I can't lie. Yeah, I'm into them too. I haven't really watched much until I saw that Takeda versus Kodaka match, which if you haven't seen, do go out of your way to watch it because other people have said it best that it was a five-star match that happened to also be a death match. It wasn't something that was leaning upon the deathmatch gimmick as a crutch to make it more exciting. It was just a brilliantly worked match. So if you haven't seen that, do check it out. Um, newcomer Awards is the last one I'll delve into. Number one, Shota Umino. Two, Ayami Sasamura. Three, Andres a Giant Panda. Four, Utami Haishishta. Five, Ronda Rousey. Six, Maki Ito. Seven, Great Okan. Eight, Takuya Nomura. Nine, Yota Suji. So Shota Umino right at the top of the list there, beating the fabled Andres the Giant Panda. Future IWGP heavyweight champion for you, Damon? He's on the short list, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say so. 
I would say so. And I think the panda, too. <laughs> I think the giant panda's in the running, too. Um, I'm surprised. They, I'm surprised. Well, I was going to say I'm surprised Rousey's on there, but really not, considering the company's. And I say this in air quotes. It's going all all in on on Ronda Rousey. Well, I really have it. Uh, yeah, I, I would say a, a, a future IWGP Heavyweight Champion. If 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 you put the branded gun to my head, yep, I would say that absolutely. I feel personally vindicated as well that their MVP, best match and uh, best event, Wrestle Kingdom twelve, were all the same ones that I pick. So. I've got my finger on the pulse of the hardcore Japanese pro rest mark statement. <laughs> You're in. You're in. Hey, listen, you know, we're one of the few people that got into Dash, so that was kind of like our our, uh, um, our entry into the hardcore Japanese wrestling fandom scene. So uh, that, that that made me feel pretty good. And that, of course, is uh, all, for, all from a, a wonderful New Zealander <laughs> who got us into the inside. Yeah, we have to give Fraser the weekly shout out. Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Oh, Scampi's yeah. giving you a shout out as well, Fraser. Yeah, yeah. So thank you again uh, to the, to the king of the Japanese pro wrestling scene, uh, Mr. G One. Okay, next piece of news here: Dragon Lee and Roosh have signed with Ring of Honor. So, first thought that popped into my head, Damon, this MSG card is looking a bit more optimistic on the Ring of Honor side. It sure did, right? That was my first thought too, uh, which was an interesting thing. Um, like I, I actually was reading a little bit about the NLW stuff and and um, you know and, and Ring of Honor and and a lot of the I don't know the the, the, the demands that that were brought up brought on in signing um, and how you know half his family needed to have jobs for him to be signed and all this. Oh, and he wanted to get a, a punditry job uh, for this football commentary, didn't he? Right, right. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. Um, and, and, you know, it sounded like they were, they were bending over backwards to try to make it happen. Um, yeah, I thought that was a, I mean, for all people, I was like, I, you know, I mean, he's a talented dude and on a former and current, right? I guess current Los Ingo Bernabli's member. Uh, it's he's a, the founder, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, I, I just was like, wow, all, all over him, huh? That we're fawning over. Rush, uh, look, it's a good signing, and both of them for Ring of Honor, and I, I like the fact that. Here's what I like: I like the fact that Ring of Honor is being serious when it comes down to locking down talent, and 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 they have tried to do this in the past. I mean, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the people that they felt that were important cogs in the wheel would sign two-year deals or three-year deals. The problem is is that they do they do up their stock and when this when that contract ends it's like up oh, bye, you know, Ring of Honor invest all that hard work. It's not the first contract that they sign that is the important one. It's the renewal that's the, the important one um that they don't seem to be able to do. Um and again, I feel bad for them because they spend a lot of time and invest a lot of time and money and effort into making them the names that they are so that they can then go elsewhere. So uh, good signings, important signings, yes. I think it makes the it makes Ring of Honor a lot more interesting signing those two. 
Okay, but it's the second round that's going to be important. So let's let's keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, the Madison Square Garden show does seem to be a little bit more gives a little bit more fire and a little bit more of uh, uh, interesting matchups than than maybe we had a few months ago. Yeah, especially if you take into consideration Juice Robinson and his weird faction that debuted yeah. the other week as well. A lot of new blood in there. Yeah, listen, we knocked Ring of Honor a little bit, you know, with you know the everybody all circle jerking over all in. Uh, you know, Ring of Honor's kind of sneaked up, and, uh, and it's done some good things when it comes to signing, locking down some talent. So, no, I, I you know, and again, a lot, a lot of that a little bit under the ra- radar. So, so good for them again. But it's that second round of signings that are more and more important than the first. You got to do the first to do the second. But so let's just keep that in the back of our minds. Yeah, we're into adapt or die kind of territory now. And- yeah. It was just interesting seeing people in WWE just brazenly asking for their releases, like uh, the Revival did, and Maria and Mike Kanellis. There were some scuttlebutt, as you would say, about them asking for their release as well. So it's great. It, it's really interesting now that there is, uh, and people have denied it, but this is competition. You got AEW there throwing big money around. You got ROH throwing big money around. So if nothing else this will give WWE the kick up the backsides that it so dearly needs. So I'm excited, Damon. It's yeah. an interesting time. So Competition. There's going to be a lot of jumps from New Japan outwards, people coming to New Japan, ROH, AEW, WWE, all the other promotions. It's fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, I know that the Canalis and and, and and Bennett thing was you know denied by Maria, who said you know that they she tweeted out that, they they didn't ask for their release, but I'm sure again <clears throat> where there's smoke there's fire. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that one is is a weird one for me because uh, of just of everything that has gone on in their lives, uh, and you know we'd love to knock the WWE, but you know they did help them considerably and help him turn his life around. Um, now. Again, he's not getting used. It's he's hardly on TV. It feels like, but you know, there is a there is a debt of uh, you turned my life around. <laughs> you know, don't go ask him for your release. You know, I don't know. That one was kind of weird to me. And again, if it if he didn't ask for his release or they didn't ask for their release, fine. But that one was kind of like, oh, okay, they kind of really helped you out there. Let's <laughs> go. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to then take a backseat on your career. But you know. There, there, that one was a little bit of a weird one for me, um, but yeah, this is like you know, it's like every every uh, sports league and every sports team uh, kind of goes through that period of the season's over, and then there's the, the you know the free agent signings and the pickups, and you know who who's signing who and who's going where, and and now pro wrestling kind of feels like it has that little element of of sport that you know, oh, this guy could go to here, or, the, or this person could go here, or this you know. That that I like that I like that element, and it and it and it does feel like it's, you know, it's it's a, a scramble to lock down talent and and get your pawns and get your get your uh, troops ready because it's going to be a little bit of a war. Um, and and again, I've said it before, it's the competition, the competition that that is, uh, and the options for for people to go to work elsewhere in the United States and not just feel that there's really one option. Now, let's be truthful. There really is still just one 
clear-cut, definitive, money-making option, right? Again, people can go out on their own and do it Young Bucks, Cody style and and make a name for themselves. But how many people in the history of pro wrestling have done that and have been successful? Not many. You can count them on one hand. So right now, yes, still it's still a WWE game um, when it comes to that 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 making it and I put in air quotes big time. Uh, that being said, though, there there are so many options now that seem and could be for certain people better options. If all elite is is what they say it's going to be, that's an exciting option. Ring of Honor waking up from the dead. And saying, "Hey, we gotta we we gotta compete, and we want to compete. We're signing people." Again, New Japan always being that option as well. Being, let's be truthful, the, the the second best option right now. So, and a great option for people who you know, are are creative and 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 talented. And um, again, it might not be the best, right? But it it is a a a, a solid option for a lot of people where. You know, five years ago, that might not be the case. So, yeah, no, it's exciting. I'm in. Um, and I think we're going to see a lot more as, as the weeks and months to come when, when contracts officially end. Now, speaking of contracts, here's an interesting one. Katsuya Kitamura has extended his contract with New Japan. Now, there were so many rumors flying around. Meltzer's still saying he crushed his leg in a scooter accident, although Kitamura's Instagram posts don't have any hint of a crushed leg. He looks, his legs look fine. I don't know if those are old pictures or what. We've heard rumours of concussion, rumours of him getting himself into trouble with the law. I've no idea what's going on with him, but this does seem to suggest he's going to be back sooner or later. He'll be back, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back before Hiromo, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that one, it's just, it is a, kind of an amazing thing where it's like getting information on that one particular part, him of all people. Like, why is he the secret guy? And that's why people, I think, kind of speculate, oh, well, it's got to be something really weird, you know, for them to, and again, not cover up, but it feels like there's there's not a lot of information, and the information is spread in, in 700 different directions. I mean, legitimately, it's you just rattled off a list of things that we have heard, and none of them have been verified. Scooter accident, okay. Trouble with the law, okay. Concussion, okay. Steroid, uh, you know, like it's you've heard a million different things. It's like, well, okay, why is this so? Like, why can't we get a definitive word? And it feels like nobody has a definitive word. I don't even think people in the company have a definitive word. Um, so, uh, again, it it does lead to being skeptical of what exactly is the truth, and you know, your mind does wander to. Uh, the worst case scenario because why? Why would it be this? Like if this were like Okada, all right, and they're trying to cover up something, all right, all right. But why are we trying to cover up on this kid? I don't understand it. Which makes you want to believe that oh, it's got to be the worst case scenario of all of them. Um, so uh, legitimately, I have no fucking idea what to believe. Given that he's thirty three, so he's not the youngest of the young lines. When he does come back. What can we expect from him? Do you think when he comes back, he will be debuting a main roster gimmick? Or do you think he'll be a young line again and be sent out on excursion? Because given his age, I would guess that when he's back, he's back as a full-time member of the roster, out of the black trunks and 
no knee pads and able yeah. to work a, a proper gimmick. I don't know if you're, you're going full main event. I think you're going more, at least in the very beginning, I think you're going more Finley Hanare level. That's that's kind of where I see that starting at, at least. I don't think he's young lionish anymore, but I don't think you put, you drop him in main event you know, or semi-main event areas. I think you're mid-card at best at, in the beginning, lower mid-card more than likely, and then see where you go from there. Because truth be told, I don't think anybody really knows what, what, what you got right now with him, right? I think that's going to be the biggest challenge is <clears throat> what, what, what do you have with a guy right now? Coming off of whatever magical injury thing he supposedly had, like like what 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 product do we have right now, and where can we go from there? And I think uh, to start out your your Hinare, uh David Finley level right now, a lot of tags, a lot of stuff like that, just to see where you are. I would like to see him in a heavyweight tag team that's challenging for the title. I don't know which faction you put him in, or who you'd pair him with, but him. You know, as we were discussing earlier, talking about like the violence giants, the strong BJ, a tag team of that ilk, I think would be a lot of fun in New Japan. So I don't know who would be a good partner. I'm thinking, you know, someone like uh, Hiroki Goto or someone like that. Makabe, a good way to start. You think? Yeah, yeah. I think he's in there with Makabe. Although he seems to be paired up with Yano for the foreseeable future, but someone like that, uh, an experienced hand who would work the majority of the matches and then. Kitamura gets the hot tag in, hits his big power moves and wins the match. How about how about Nagata? Uh yeah. I, I guess mean, they, a, they did have a bit of history together when he was working his best of seven series. Right. At the beginning of last year. Right. I don't know. I like Nagata. I like I like uh he's a guy that you know, look, he's not gonna be in a main program, mind you, but I feel like he could still go in a, in a tag scenario. That might be a fun little uh, little program. Them against God, or uh, them against uh, Evil Sonata, or maybe God, or you know whoever. Uh, yeah, I could get into that. I, I'd like that. Okay, next piece of news was Takamichinoku, who's stepping down from his role in the Kaintai Dojo and leaving the company, oh. which is a bit of an escalation from what we heard last time that he would be not taking a salary. But uh, I guess this is linked to the infidelity scandal that was uh, circling around him a few months ago. And that's it. He's he's done so. Yeah. yeah. What is he going to do with all that income that he's missing from Kaintai Dojo? Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I mean, I can't be that much of a, a lucrative position. It's more of a uh, prestige. The prestige of being Kaintai Dojo. Uh, yeah. Look, he's got to he's got to be able to dedicate full time Zach Zach Saber Jr. Right? Um, and he said he's opened up his uh, schedule to working overseas as well. So maybe we'll be seeing Takamichinoku coming to a town near you. Yeah, maybe he can get over that fear of flying like I have. Let me let me recommend the Xanax, <laughs> Taka. That seems that seems to settle the mind a little bit. That and a couple Jack Daniels, and then just the the undying. Just hatred of being on the plane, and just stick and stick your head in a pillow. That's what I do. I stick my head in a pillow. I just I I squeeze a pillow and and shove it in my face. That doesn't sound good. Okay. Um, <laughs> next, <laughs> next, it's got a bit saucy. It did. Okay. 
Next, um, apparently Kushida wanted to turn heel and join the Bullet Club, but Gato said no. So do you see that as a missed opportunity? Would I don't you believe like it. to have seen a heel Kushida in Bullet Club? Or, I don't, don't believe, believe it. For, no, I don't believe it for a minute. I really don't. Like, I just, I just find it, a re- I don't know, that, that just seems ridiculous. Come on. Look, Kushida in Bullet Club? Like, first of all, aside from Hiromo, or, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, what, am I, what am I talking about? Aside from Takahashi. You know, it's it's not like the the, the Bullet Club is, uh, you know, well now Ishimori too. Maybe I'll just shut up about that point. Uh, I don't know. It's just a, it, like he, a, I don't know. That just seems to me like you have the ultimate. Be like Ricky Steamboat being a heel, all right? Just like, that doesn't work. How could, I, do you really? Could you really see Kushida as a heel? Like a, not just a heel. But a bullet club heel, not 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 like an Okada heel, a bullet clubish heel. I don't see it. I don't see. I'll tell you it. what I'm imagining is uh, Ishimori's gear and face paint and his snarl, but Kushida. Yeah, can I mean really? You think that works? No, he's too cute. Right, he looks like an otter. No, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe that one. Well, I'm, but I'm, but, but I'm sure it was one of those things where it was, like, what do you, what do you want to do? What, and they were just spitballing out ideas, and that might have been one of them. Um, because yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was sitting around thinking, all right, what the fuck am I going to do? I, I, you know, I've done everything I can being this guy. I said it. We said it last week. It's it's a good fit for everybody involved. I don't think that there's anybody on that New Japan roster that I'm happy to see leave. And I'm not happy to see him go. I wish they could have done something with him. But again, he's not going to be a heavyweight. He's just not. And, and and what else are you going to do with the guy? He's done everything he could in New Japan. It's okay. It's okay for him to go because what else are we going to do? Here's an interesting piece of information here. I've got this from Liam from the Discord. Tickets for New Beginning in Osaka sold out one hour after going on sale. Now, for comparison, the Power Struggle show, which was at the same venue, took six hours to set out. So, well, obviously, you've got a different card. Uh, we've got an IWGP heavyweight title match at the top with Tanahashi versus Jay White. Is that a surprise to you at all that it sold out so fast? Not, not because of the city. Like, Osaka apparently is is super hot, you know? And it's and it's been that way for a long time. Um, and it's only getting hotter. So, you know, it's selling out quickly. No, that, that really doesn't surprise me. Um, that's I'll I tell you what, next year. And by the way, Joel, next year is already in discussions. I'm not, I'm not pulling this bullshit of uh, last-minute Lou showing up. This is going to be a planned, strategic mission for next year, Wrestle Kingdom. It's already in discussions in the household. So, uh, are you going to be bringing Mrs. Damon with you? Uh, that's 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 what it looks like. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, double yep. date time. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so. They're Osaka. 
it was one place that I've never been. I like I've, I've I, no, I, I can't I can't say I've never been to Osaka. I was on the I was on the bullet train to Fukuoka, and we stopped in Osaka. <laughs> right? So I was there for maybe ten minutes. Uh, so yeah, all right. So I, what I you're saying is confirmed. We're doing Dominion this year, right? Dominion? Uh no, I won't be there. I won't be there that long. I mean, it'll be Wrestle Kingdom week. It'll be Wrestle Kingdom week. Um, I can't do Dominion, but. Getting back to the original point of Osaka selling out, nope, doesn't surprise me. And I think we'll see that continue on um, for shows in Osaka this year. Okay, uh, let's dip into some questions then. We've got quite a few questions about the show coming up in Madison Square Garden. So I'll throw a few of them at you and then we can just have a general chat about the show. So Jared says, if you guys are fairly confident about Jay White beating Tanahashi at the new beginning, then what do you expect at MSG? Sean says, would a Tanahashi Jericho non-title headlining MSG make the most sense? And Lone Magician says, what's your feeling on the MSG show? Is it going to be a predominantly NJPW show or will ROH be the dominant presence? And Drew says, predictions for MSG main event. So a lot of people want to hear our hot takes on MSG. So what are you expecting by where the New Japan ROH balance and a possible main event? Well, I mean, look, I don't know if it's going to be 50-50. I think the the card will skew a little bit higher in New Japan. But again, you got to figure it, it is, and we, we tend to forget this, that this is a co-branded show. And let's think of logistics, too. You don't have to fly over everybody from New Japan because Ring of Honor talent is already here. <clears throat> and a flight from you know, Chicago to Newark is a little bit better than, say, you know, Tokyo. Um, but I still think it's going to be a he- more heavy New Japan show. And I think it has to be. I think that's what the expectations are. My fear is is that it's going to feel like a Long Beach show, and it can't do that. It, it, it really can't. Ring of Honor is going to want to have a presence. They have to have a presence. They're going, you know. I don't think there's any doubt that there will be. I just want it to be a little bit lower for 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 what I want out of this show. But to go into it thinking this is going to be a New Japan, and you're going to feel like you're at the Tokyo Dome. I, I I have my reservations about that. This will be a co-branded show. Again, maybe not 50-50. But it, again, it is going to be a co-branded show. Which means we are going to get a... And again, I'm just throwing names out. I'm, I'm not saying one's better than the other, but maybe I am. But you are going to get Jay Lethal on this fucking show. And you are going to get Dalton Castle on the show. And you are going to get... Uh, you know, the kingdom on this show. And you are going to get the Briscoes on this show. That's that's going to happen. And that they're going to take up spots. Now, that's not to say that these matches are going to be bad. It may not necessarily be what we want. I think the majority of the people in that audience would rather see a Young Lions six-man tag than, you know... And again, I'm just throwing names out. I'm not then, you know, a kingdom match, right? I I I I, I think that's true. They want an authentic New Japan Pro Wrestling experience, 
in Madison Square Garden, and I and again, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells, but I'm going to say it anyway. Not a Ring of Honor show. That's my true gut feeling and and the feedback that I feel like I've gotten. Um, so I'm going to go sixty forty, feeling like a New Japan show. Uh, main event. I'm going to be truthful. I have no fucking idea. Uh, I do think Jay White wins the title, so I think that that'll be the 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 title defense. And I think it's a very good possibility that it's uh, either a rematch with Tanahashi or, uh, I mean, you could throw in, I don't think it'll be Jericho. I don't think Jericho headlines it. Um, But I think Jericho will be, I think Jericho will be on a match, but I don't think he headlines for the IWGP heavyweight title. I don't think. You'd have to expect you'd get an IWGP heavyweight title match on that show. Yeah. And given that there's no Sakura Genesis announced, again, a lot of people are putting two and two together and thinking that the winner of the New Japan Cup will get their title shot at MSG. Uh, so keeping that in mind, does that change your thoughts on it at all? I mean, some people have suggested maybe we get Okada versus Tanahashi as the main event for the title. Maybe Okada wins the New Japan Cup. Could you see something like that happening? Sure. I mean... Would you, would you? I mean, I don't think anybody would have a problem with uh, Okada winning New Japan Cup and then challenging Jay White, right? I mean, then that helps continue on a a storyline and and a feud uh, into Madison Square Garden. That, that you know, so that that would be a nice logical step, and I don't think anybody would would be disappointed with that match announced at all. I think that'd be a great match. Okay, so moving across the pond, then a lot of people have asked questions about the UK show. Ben says, any thoughts for the UK show main event? Matt says, what level of show would you expect in London in August? Obviously, we're not getting something huge just after the G1, but I'd be interested to see what you would expect. I'd expect mostly multi-man tags with maybe a Golden Lovers versus a Cardin Ishii type main event. Not that exact match, but a big tag match. And Jack says, do you think August 31st London show will again essentially be a Rev Pro event featuring NJPW? Or will New Japan genuinely give the UK a full-on New Japan-style show? I would expect more of the sort of Rev Pro style, but Me too. I think you could get one or maybe two of uh, an Osprey Never title defense, if he's still champion, and a Zack Sabre Jr. Rev Pro title defense, again, if he's still champion. I think the double header title matches with those two boys, I think, would do very well. Yeah, and here's the thing. The... Rev Pro has done an outstanding job using the talent that's available to them from New Japan. So even if there was a little hodgepodge and a little mix uh, between the two, I don't think anybody's going to complain that hard because um, the Rev Pro shows usually deliver and they have sexier sounding shows than than Ring of Honor. I mean, you know, when when we had Kevin Kelly on, he kind of echoed those same thoughts. Um, so people in the States, you know, that's why we're a little hesitant with this Madison Square Garden show in the sense of, uh, because we know what we've gotten before. We're, we're the ones that got the, you know, Tanahashi and the Briscoes against, uh, you know, Jay Lethal, Ghetto and Nakamura. You know what I mean? Like, like that's, that's the shit that we would be getting. We wouldn't be getting... Nagata versus, you know, uh, Ishii or Ishii versus Suzuki or, you know, we don't, I don't think I've ever had, you know, when it was a co-branded show, those War of the World shows, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but there's always been some fucking wacky element of, you know, a triple threat match. You know, you had Elgin, uh, Okada, and uh, what do we have? Was it AJ? Um, we had you know, Kevin Owens against Nakamura. It was never we. You never got one on one, two New Japan guys in the same ring. You didn't get it. And I remember the one year in Las Vegas they were going to have. I think it was Ishii and Goto, and then that got fucked over. Like we never got that singles New Japan match in all the all, all those shows that I went to. Never. That's that's what we were clamoring for. Uh, so again, I hope this Madison Square Garden show is. Gives you a little bit more of an authentic New Japan feel with Ring of Honor people sprinkled in. I don't want these multi-man tag matches that that we got got you know shoehorned on these shows, so nobody had to really do a job and you know and and, and you know you know what I'm talking about. I don't think it seems unlikely that we get like a full IWGP Heavyweight Title defense at the London show, right? Um. I can't say no, but it's right after G1. I'd say it's unlikely. I can't say 100% no. I, I'd probably say it's unlikely. We, I, but here's the thing. I, an intercontinental title, uh, a never uh, title, um, you'll probably get – well, you're definitely getting a British title. That's for sure. Your, your Rev Pro title. Um but I think a lower title defense is probably what, the likelihood of what you'll see. All right, let's dip into the Discord questions then. Dan says, considering Izuka used to be a solid, if uncharismatic wrestler before he quote-unquote went crazy, what do you think the odds are and how awesome would it be for if his retirement match, he sees the light, so to speak, and rolls back the years to put on a December 2017 Nagata-Nakanishi-level clinic? Bonus points if you turn on Suzuki-Gun in the process. Personally, I doubt it would happen, but the thought makes me smile. You'd have to think, Damon, that we see a bit more than just Izuka on the leash, rampaging through the crowd, biting people... You think we get more than that in his retirement match, surely? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it last week, how great it would be. Is just after the match, he just breaks character, and he's just this normal human de- being. And, you know, he's somehow snapped out of his, uh, you know, the, the mental issues that have brought him to where he is now. Uh, yeah, I would like that. I, I, I would. I think, the, I think, and I think the crowd would like that, too. Uh, him just, just not being crazy guy. Uh, and and going in there and having I again I want to say a technical masterpiece but I don't know showing uh, going back to the future if you will and showing uh, some of the skills that he had in his youth I don't know if it, physically he could do that we'll see but yeah I think uh, I think one night of not being crazy guy would be uh, might be a pleasant surprise might be a fun night so uh, listen we could break we could do goofy things for fantastic mania maybe this is his fantastic mania character moment <laughs> just normal level he comes in in a suit he just he's all he's all cleaned up that'd be funny i would like that do you think he gets on the mic afterwards and does a little thank you speech yeah i do i hope so i look, i think it's a i think it's one of those moments where where you can do that you know where where a person can kind of show his appreciation. The guy's had a long career. He's what is he? He's you know in his in his mid fifties is he? Um, had a long career. Yeah, he, he probably deserves uh, you know 
a little mic time. And I th- and I think he'll get it. And I and I think he'll he'll deliver in a uh non-crazy guy kind of way. TJ says if you had to make a match of the year list today, how many matches from NJPW would make your top 10? What does that say about Wrestle Kingdom New Japan and what does that say about Japanese wrestling as a whole? Side note, watch Ashino T-Hawk from Wrestle 1 when it makes tape. Feel like it's going to be a banger. Now, you were there live for that match, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was good. Was it a banger? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it probably is in my top 10 so far this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you got to put in Tanahashi Omega. Uh, you got to put in... You put, you're you putting in Osprey and Ibushi? Do you want to do... Uh, I've got my list here, actually. Okay. I'm keeping on top of it. So <clears throat> each time I see a match that I think breaches the top 10, I'm updating it. So I don't know if you want to go first or you want me well, to... Well, I'm just going off the top of my list. head. I, I ain't got no list. So, uh, But I, I would put Ibushi and Osprey in there. I would put Tanahashi Omega in there. Uh, I would put uh, Kai and uh, Miyahara in there. Right? I thought that was really good. Uh, mm, what else am I putting in there? Trying to think of all the shows that I went to. No, what main event was pretty good? Was it Kino and um, I forget. That was a pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna jump in. Good, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking off the top. So, of uh, number one, I got Omega versus Tanahashi. I rewatched that last week, and it was even better than yeah. seeing it live. I just think. It's just a masterpiece of pro wrestling. And I don't really think it's been getting the praise that it deserves. I thought it was really outstanding stuff. And it'll be interesting to see whether it holds up as the year goes on, if it's still in the conversation by the time uh, we get to the end of 2019. Number two, Jericho versus Naito. Number three, Okada versus Jay White. Number four, Ibushi Osprey. Number five, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Ishii. So top five, all, all the Wrestle Kingdom matches. Obviously, being a New Japan fan and being there live means I'm predisposed towards liking those ones. Number six, I got Masai Takahashi versus Takumi Tsukamoto, which was a deathmatch. So I don't know. I guess I'm a deathmatch guy now, don't I? Know. I? Uh, no, number seven, I got Shun Skywalker versus Kaito Ishida from Dragon Gate which was a really good match. Uh, it was the final of... I can't remember the name, but they had a little tournament going on for um, younger wrestlers or something. Uh, eight, I've got Kai versus Kento Miyahara. Nine, Daisuke Sekimoto versus Kohei Sato from New Year's Day. And ten, Kaito Kiyomiya versus Keno, the Noah title match. Yeah. Other stuff, honourable mention, the Daisuke Sekimoto versus Ryota Hammer match. I thought that was really good. Did you? Shinjiro Otani versus Yuji Hino. You didn't like it? Um, I was there for that. Um, it was okay. I mean... Look, you're you're somewhat limited in what you can do with that that big dude um, who can barely move. Let's be truthful. Uh, yeah, it was. I I don't. I was. I don't think I was in fours. I don't. I I don't think that for me that match wasn't even in the fours. Um, nah, it was okay. It was fine. But I, nah, I'm not. I I, I didn't go. For, I didn't go four for that. I really like the strong BJ versus Violence Giants match I watched today. There was a good tag match from NXT UK, actually. Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews against Fabian Eichner and whatever Axel Dieter Jr. is calling himself these days. Uh, from the NXT TakeOver, the, the opening match was good between um, Mustache Mountain and Zach Gibson and James Drake. Yep, yep. The okay. New Year Dash 6-man was really good. The The... 
I forget who's on the teams now. It was Osprey, Ishii, and Goto against Jeff Cobb, Kushida, and Nagata. Yeah, that's I need good. to rewatch that. And the Rey Mysterio versus uh, Andrade, as he's now being called, he's lost his surname on SmackDown was decent, but again, it's not breaking the top ten. Okay, it's a good list, solid list. Um, yeah, I guess the only one that I would have trouble with is is the Sakamoto. Uh, um, um, match that that I'm having like I'm getting texts. It's not in my <laughs> like, top ten. It's no, not in my, my top, top ten. No, you won't correct that. Okay, uh, uh, next question, Cairo D. Oh, you got more? Oh no 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 no. Okay, okay Cairo D says thoughts on the Hatsu Basho so far. So it's a sumo question, Damon. So you can uh, take it easy for this one. Right. Xeno Sato's retirement. Ozeki's all performed poorly. The weird results overall. And Nicole says, we're not getting a retrospective on the career of Kiseno Sato and how Taichi thought he was a good Yokozuna. So, yeah, a, a sad time to see the only Japanese Yokozuna retiring and going out with a real whimper. I think he lost his last seven matches or something like that. So, I don't think he looked fully healthy. And I guess that's just the nature of the beast with Sumo. Given the way the ranking system works, if you have got an injury, if you sit on the sidelines and wait to fully recover, then your ranking suffers as a result. And I think the chickens are coming home to roost with that one, particularly with this Basho, because you're seeing guys like Kisena Sato pulling out, Kakuryu, uh, Tochinoshin, uh, Mitakeumi's had to pull out now, uh, Takayasu looks out. I think there's quite a few guys who are carrying pretty nasty looking injuries, but they're just trying to power through it. So I guess, you know, this is what happens when you. You have sumo, you have people just trying to tough it out. And it did look like it was going to be an interesting basho up to a point, but now I think Hakuho is like 8-0 and or something, so it, he looked a bit shaky at the start, but now he seems to be getting into the swing of things and it seems he's just going to romp his way to victory again. Uh, I was enjoying seeing some of the other guys like Aoyama, Kaisei, um, Takakesho still doing pretty well. So I don't think anyone in that uh, list is going to be challenging Hakuho. I think Hakuho is going to run away with it again, but interesting to see what happens going forward, especially the Ozeki all looking pretty bad. I'm more interested in seeing which guys are going to get promoted, who's going to be making the next Ozeki run. So those are my thoughts on the Basho so far. And Damon, presumably you've got nothing to add to that. No, I'm just watching Riley Reed videos. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's fun. She seems like a fun girl. Um, no, uh, Next question. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, John says, where do you think Hinare's ceiling is? Seems very personable and a good babyface type character. Uh, mid-card, upper-mid or higher? Uh, do you think Juice and Finley spending more time in ROH opens things up for him? So, here, yeah, here's that's an interesting one. Because Hinari, he's just like just, just above the Young Lions. Yeah. But I think when we talked a few weeks ago that he had the most... The, the most negative pinfall deferential in the company or something like that. So, yeah, he's had a year now under his non-Young Lion gimmick, but can't really say in terms of his booking that he's made much progress. His wrestling has got better. He had a brilliant match with Ishii. I think he's definitely ready to take the next step, but what do you think going forward? What's his ceiling? Not high, and and here's why. It's not the wrestling. I, I don't think it is, right? I feel like it's, to me, I feel like the, it's it's the gimmick. I feel like it's, 
it, it, it there's there's a ceiling to that to to what 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 he brings right now to the table. Like if you gave him something else, whatever that might look like, I have no idea. But to me, right now, his current feeling and his current presence in the ring screams to me mid Carter at best. Right? He, we talk about a fresh coat of paint and 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 a new gimmick and all the time for like a David Finley. And he seems like he's somebody that has grown into kind of what he is there's a ceiling for 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 Hanare in his current role and the only way he's going to break out of that is to find something new and and I hate to say it but like that stereotypical uh, like like honestly if you were going to say okay think of in your mind's eye what a a tough new zealander would look like like the first thing that people in their mind pops into their head is, oh, a rugby guy or uh, Jonah you know, Lomu. Yeah, what's that? Jonah Lomu, you know the, the famous rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, or you know, like like we we know nothing about r- rugby, but we know like the All Blacks. Is it the All Blacks? Is it the, the 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 team? Um, like I just I just think and and that and the and that hype dance that they do, you know, the 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 traditional Haka. dance. Yeah, so. I don't know. I just think that's somewhat limiting to 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 him. Like, I just you just need something else. There's only so far you can go with it. So my point being is, I don't think it's in ring stuff that's the problem. I just think he just needs he is in dire need of a fresh coat of paint and something that people can sink their teeth into instead of ah a mid carder guy who does the rugby dance. Realistically, when do you think he would get in the G one, if at all? Not this year. I, I mean, seriously, I, I, you, you look at the names that they might get rid of, right? Or I don't want to say get rid of, but you know the, that might not do G one this year that did previous years, right? Um, I don't think you see any of the dads, right? I think the dads have have you know the, you're not, you're not going to see. Uh, we already know that you know Nagata was kind of assumed this was going to be his last one. Tenzan's not in it. Um, do you think Kojima gets his goodbye run? That that's that would be the only one, right? That would be the last of them. Um, you figure Osprey's got to be in it this year, right? Um, tai you Chi. figure Tai Chi, right? You think that of anyone who breaks the mold uh, and breaks it on through to the other side, as as Jim would sing, uh, would be him, right? So that's going to that's going to be tough for a, a guy like Hanari to get to 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 get his shoe in there. I don't think he does. I don't think he's in. Okay, next question then. Uh, the shirt guy says, what are your guys' favorite calendar years for NJPW? Mine was 2016, AJ versus Nakamura, Rise of Omega and Naito, amongst other reasons. Uh, given that I've only been watching for two full years, I don't really have much to choose from. Um, I guess last year, I thought, was great overall. I think the match quality maybe just a touch above what we got in 2017, but it's hard to pick between those two. But, uh, David, what about yourself? Do you have a favorite calendar year? Recently, 17. I think last year. I think this just this whole run, uh, four years, maybe even five years. I'd say till from about 14 on, you know, we've been in, in this renaissance period for New Japan. Um, before that, 
you know, your nine, your ninety threes, ninety fours, ninety fives, your Mudas, your Hashimoto's, your Chonos, your you know, the juniors were 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 always delivering great stuff. Um, so that big boom period was great. Again, I like the early '80s stuff: Hogan, Anoki, Choshu, um, Fujinami. That that kind of era is is always has a soft spot for me. Um, 2000s, nine, like late 90s, uh, when you start talking about like uh, Don Fry and the NWO and Muda and Chono and all that stuff, that was that was okay. That was that was good. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say those are the eras that I really probably would gravitate more toward than any others. We just touched upon this a little bit. Liam says, let's say the Fantastic Mania Tour is the only time we get to see a Kojima singles match this year. How bad are you about this? Do you think we're going to be seeing much of Satoshi Kojima in singles action this year? No, I really don't. Um, if 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 he's gearing up for a last G1, that's that's where you're. That's really the possibility. I don't think I don't think you see him singles matches much at all. You know what? I'd be I'd be interested to track that to see how many singles matches he has in in 2019. I think I think the only time the only real possibility is G1. I saw him in a big match recently. I don't know if you saw this Damien. I think this is a documentary on Japanese TV where this lady won a competition to take part she got to enter the New Japan Dojo and do some training and then took part in a tag match which was her and Yuji Nagata versus Tanahashi and Kojima. So the the prize was that she was she got pinned by Tanahashi because she was a massive fan of Tanahashi. And it was so strange. I, I've got to send you the link to this and get your thoughts on it next week because like when they lock up in the match, Tanahashi and this woman, he he's just sort of like lingering and kind of not caressing her, but just sort of long enough and intimate enough for it to be sort of quite awkward and I uncomfortable saw to watch. You saw I, it. Yes, I did. What did you think? So here's how I saw it. I saw it. Um, again, I'm not on the Twitter a lot, but I, I saw uh, Larry Otto uh, had it. And he and then and then I saw that you sent it out. So um, I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire show. So this camera crew takes like all of her – uh, she's you know she's she's a fan. She has a lot of uh, you know the towels and the, and, and pictures and stuff. They, uh, for whatever reason, they took all that stuff away uh, from her, and then they took her to the dojo and they had her take a couple bumps and shit like that. And then uh, they had her come out, dropped and, her on the head a few times. Yeah, <laughs> right. Dropped her. Right. They didn't do that. Right. They had made her do like a thousand Hindu squats. It was it was really horrible, <laughs> torturous. Um. And then they had her come out. I guess they had like her friends and family that were in this. Uh, it looked like it was Shinjuku face where where they filmed it. Um, I could be wrong, but it looked like it. Um, and then you know they had this tag. Yeah, and Tanahashi would like lock up with her and then just kind of lean against her and hold her, and you could just see, you know, her just melt like like I like this woman just melted. And then they would lock up again and, and uh, you know, like little, you know, arm bar things. And, and Tanahashi would, you know, bring her to the ropes. And, you know, she's trying to play pro. She, I think she did a, a decent job, you know, uh, you know, for, for, you know, first time being in there and being in there with all the the, the heavy hitters. And, yeah, Tanahashi, I guess it was just kind of like a roll-up thing. And 
laid on top of her, and they zoomed in on her face. Oh boy, what what a what a happy girl this was. She was just like, I mean, she just melts melts into the canvas. Um, I thought it was adorable. I loved it. I I thought it was uh, I thought it was well done, and uh, they they had fun with it. And she got to uh, she got to be real close to Hiroshi Tanahashi, and I think uh, I think uh, all the dreams came true that one day. That's for sure. Okay, uh, next question. So, Masked Horse whips himself with a crop. Despi, Dragon Lee, and Hiromu are in a love triangle. Junior Taichi would give people the sexy pin following a last ride. Hiromu's D finisher. Kushida makes a small version of himself explode. Osprey screaming at the slightest touch. Taguchi doing a video in the pool. You know the one. Consider how Tamatonga calls Taiji a specimen. Bushi and Kanemaru's obsession with spitting on people. Marty getting all up in that mask play with the Plague Doctor gear. Is the New Japan Junior Division the horniest wrestling division ever? <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, there's a lot of... Uh, we're taking a lot of stuff out of context here. But yes, uh, there is some uh, sexual innuendo and uh, some horseplay, if you will. Uh, I want to see a montage. Someone should do like a video edit with all of those things put together. Yeah, seriously. With, like some sort of sexy saxophone music in the background. Or something. I know. Pants, as, uh, pants would be down, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, taking it all out of context. Uh, but here's the thing. I think... Um, and I'm losing my voice for some reason. I don't know what it is to say. Um, the, uh, if you take pro wrestling out of context, I'm sure that you could go through every and any promotion, uh, some harder than others, but uh, pardon the pun. The, you'll, you'll find um, a lot of uh, you know, sexual innuendo in and around the entirety of pro wrestling. So, uh, uh, yeah. Valid points, uh, again, taken out of context, but I'm sure if we saw a video montage, uh, we might get a uh, – our, our rating on this podcast might might have to be a mature audience uh, for sure. I'm imagining like uh, the Val Venus music, the best of the super juniors, like something like that. It's pretty good. Andrew Rich. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Andrew Rich is – that's an, that's an Andrew Rich wheelhouse. Okay, Marky Versace says, if you could pick one Japanese wrestler from any era and any company and put them into the present era at NJPW, who would it be and why? Seeing Kenny and Kobashi at Tokyo Sports made me think about an Ishii and Kobashi host match and my pants are fully down. We did kind of do this question a couple of weeks ago, but I think you said Stan Hansen. So now the caveat is it's got to be a Japanese wrestler. So any company, any era, I still stand by my pick of Kobashi. What about you, Damon? I think Kejimoto. Uh... I, I, I think he – because here's the thing. In the 90s, he was very – felt to me very much like – even though he was you know under the Anoki wing, he felt very Americanized in his style and, and, and what he brought to the table. Like of all of them, between Chono and Hashimoto and Muda felt like – like he was more American influence, which reminds me a lot of Tanahashi. Uh, so if I'm taking one Japanese guy in his prime, solid knees, might be him. I would go. I would go that route. Um, if it had to be from another promotion, I 
Kabashi might be a good pick. You can't go wrong there. How can you go wrong there? I guess, you know, you could go back and look at the Wrestle Kingdom 3 main event, Tanahashi versus Keiji Muto, but Muto's sort of too far gone by that point. He's shot, yeah. Yeah, it was was kind of a carry job by Tanahashi. I mean, Muto played his part, but prime Keiji Muto versus prime Tanahashi, that would be a match for the ages. Yeah, like that, like one of my favorite matches was a match that you mentioned before, the Nobuhiko Takata match, um, where, you know, he's, Muto's kind of protecting pro wrestling. Um, and the and you know the pride of pro wrestling, and again that was a big Inoki theme of 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 using pro wrestling to be the the the, the top fighting uh, sport when it came to m- martial arts and mixed martial arts and, and you know the fighting style of pro wrestling uh, being number one, and that's really what brought the fans to the dome. Was was that idea of protecting pro wrestling? And listen, it didn't hurt that you know Takata had the 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 New Japan background, and he left to go on to do his pseudo shoot fighting. Um, it, I mean that helped, and and MMA being right on right starting to be looked at as serious threat to. Um pro wrestling fandom and and the explosion of MMA in Japan. You know, that was brought on by really UWF. So yeah, I mean that I, I would I would say Muda would be my, my number one pick if I could bring a Japanese guy back uh, in his prime to modern day New Japan. Leon Shade says if the stars align and the OWE all elite wrestling relationship eventually lead to strong hearts in New Japan who would be your dream opponent for Seema? Do you think that New Japan would treat him as a heavyweight or would he be seen as a junior? I don't see that being mixed matched. Like, you, like I don't see... And I think that's a, a bone to pick that... And I don't know for sure, but I think New Japan has a small problem with that. And I think that, you know... I don't... I, listen, if, if... To me, he would have been picked up by New Japan if there was interest in, in New Japan having him. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of cross-pollination going on. And, I'm, and here's the thing. We don't even know what the fuck's going on with the relationship with All Japan and, and, and All Elite. Or All Japan. New Japan and All Elite. So I, I, I don't know if there's I think this was kind of like a, a fantasy booking question. Uh, I mean, the correct answer is Shingo and Sima just well, yeah, you know, I mean, having that's a grudge it. match and beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't. Who knows what what that relationship is going to look like? Um, which again, I think is very weird considering the people that are involved. But um, yeah, I I, I got to give you a shoulder shrug. I don't know, but yeah, the dream match. Yeah, that would be the logical scenario. South Dakota Ibushi. Follow up to the Naito receding hairline question. The natural way to solve that, if it becomes problematic, is a hair versus hair match. Who would you have face off with Naito other than Jay White, who, of course, is the answer to every question? So imagine the scenario. Naito's receding hairline is just getting out of control. Who do you pick as his opponent for the hair versus hair match? Chris Jericho. Right? I mean, I mean, we're, we're talking receding hairlines. The rubber match. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, there, there's a guy that, that that's uh, getting every last inch out of the... Uh, the ponytail, you know, pull back, you know, let it grow long and cover up the spots that need to be covered up. Um, 
Yeah, I, w- I would say Jericho would be uh, would be the the natural pick for me. Pumpkin Bully says, "What are the chances we get a never title defense at the U.S. New Beginning show? And who do you see as a potential first challenger for Osprey, either here or at another show?" That's another thing, Joel. Who, what's going on with these new 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 Beginning shows? We got one. They're, 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 this, isn't it like this week? Uh, let me check. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that a problem? <clears throat> like it's it's like we've heard nothing. It's like the 29th, 28th, and 29th of this month, right? Guess what? It's the 21st. Okay, so we have got some Road to the New Beginning show starting this Saturday. Yeah. Um, in Saitama, we got Monday in Krakowin Hall, Tuesday Krakowin Hall, Wednesday in Miyagi, and then, yeah, New Beginning USA. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday, February yeah. 30th. Yeah, which is right around the corner. Friday and Saturday, so <laughs> nothing, nothing announced yet. Yeah, I mean, we don't know Dick all. That that is one thing that I mean. Again, <clears throat> a lot of these tickets are already sold, and they're sold on the name alone, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I'm going or not or not to this. I mean, I haven't really heard. Somebody got me a ticket. Um, Estevan, that Estevan guy got me a ticket. Um, but but I haven't heard anything since the trip. So um, I don't know. If, I don't know if that's still on or not. I, I I might have to text him and be like, oh, is this still happening? And then if it is, I could be like, all right, how the fuck am I going to get there? Because <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. Um, uh, yeah, but we don't hear shit. We don't hear, you haven't heard anything about it. So could you? Yeah, you possibly could. But, you know, who knows? Nobody nobody seems to know a lineup uh, as of right now for any of these shows that uh, I've done pretty well ticket-wise. But still, it'd be nice to know a lineup uh, a week out from the show. Uh, in terms of a possible opponent, I don't know. You'd have to think uh, well, probably another foreigner challenging for the never open weight. Maybe an ROH guy. Yeah. Maybe a. I don't know. I'd have to it's going to be thrown together. And see who's working the Japan shows. Is this going to be a Trent? Is this going to be a uh, a Trent challenge? No, uh, Trent's challenging uh, Juice for the US title, oh, right, right, or you right. you would expect that, right? Again, the matches I would expect would be Jeff Cobb against Goto, right, and something with Chucky T, maybe yeah. uh, David we, Finley. You know those guys. But we getting uh, we getting that e, we getting that Ishi Nagata match. Yes, yeah, I think so because there's no sign of them on those Japanese New Beginning shows. Yeah, yeah. So whoever is not on those Japanese New Beginning shows, I think you'll have. Uh, I think it's a, a safe bet that they're being saved quote unquote for these American new beginning shows. But, and, and a lot of it is, is a speculation that we've already had, but anything over and above that, God fucking knows. I think we'll have a hodgepodge. I think, unfortunately you'll have, you know, <laughs> your, I don't want to say ring of honor talent, but you'll have stuff like that filling out the undercard for sure. I think Rocky Romero, right, you'll question. say, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe one of the new signees. Is it too early for, you know, Bandido to be making an appearance? Or? Mm-hmm. You, know, you never know. I Maybe, uh, again, maybe you see some uh, California Dojo guys. Um, on, on, oh, on definitely. Record, definitely right? going to see them. Yeah. So it'll yeah. fill out. But, again, you're not, I don't think this is going to be, uh, you know, you're not going to get a heavyweight title defense. Sorry, guys. 
Okay, uh, Mixalplix says, Dear Joel and Damon, after Osprey versus Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, I'm very worried about the future of the Never Openweight title, and to some extent, Will Osprey. I realise I'm in the minority to say the least, but I really didn't like this match. I felt like it wasn't what had been advertised with the various tag confrontations between the two at all. Uh, what I expected or wanted from an Osprey versus Ibushi match. It certainly was not the showcase I expected for the new age of the Never Openweight title. I know I've built this all up in my head a bit. Now I'm worried Osprey might not even defend against any juniors. Thoughts, impressions, insights. I don't think I included an actual question. Uh, yeah, I think you're out on an island on that. Mix or plex, I'm afraid. I thought the match was great. Most people I know thought the match was great. I don't know what you had in mind by uh, you know this uh, showcase of the uh, new age of the Never Openweight title, but to me, it's just a way to transition Osprey to a heavyweight. I'm not sure. I would, I'm skeptical whether he would defend that title against any juniors. I think it's going to be heavyweight all the way for Will. What do you think, Damon? Yeah, I, I like the match a lot. Um, again, it was the opening match. But I still thought they gave him time. Uh, I mean, they didn't give him 20, 30 minutes, mind you. But um, I think they, they got in everything that they could get in. Um, I certainly wasn't disappointed with it. Um, like, I, it w- wasn't like I was like, oh, they didn't do five. Fuck this shit. You know? <laughs> it, 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 it was, I thought it was solid. Um, no, I'm actually more excited than ever about the Never. Um, and I think that when you get singles title defenses for the Never on on – uh, those I don't want to say those B shows that where where you're expecting the never title to headline. Uh, I think it'll deliver, and it. Ha- I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm confident that that it'll deliver. Yeah, I don't know what else. Uh, I don't know what what else. Uh, that that this person was looking for, um, but stick with it. I think you'll be happy with it. Um, maybe it was something where you kind of got it worked up in your head a little bit more than than what it what it. Was and that's that's fair. I mean that we all do that, but um, no, I, I'm I'm excited by the possibilities of what Osprey can do with that never title. All right, Kevin has included a fuck Mary kill question, which I'm chickening out of. I'm not reading that, but he's proposed a weekly segment for Damon called Pants Up, Pants Down. So I'll read out a few things to you, and Damon, you say Pants Up or Pants Down. Number I one, can do that. Yoshi Hashi Yoshi Hashi feud. Pants down. To Carson Wentz's back. <laughs> um, pants up. Pants up. Backs are fucked. He's, he's the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, who is the franchise. Like, like literally, he is like – everything depends upon him playing well, and he's getting – he's becoming a little bit of an injury-prone guy, kind of guy, and now it's his back. Uh, he had a, a fracture in his back. Uh, second year in a row for injuries. Um so I'm going to go pants up on Carson Wentz's back. Number three, Lance Archer, sp- <laughs> Lance Archer spitting strong zero on the crowd. Strong zero. I, I might be first in line. I might be. I might be elbowing people. Would you to- have your mouth out? Yep. Mouth open. Yep. Get me, Lance. Get me. <laughs> I tell you what. Don't spit it. Spit it right in my mouth. Let's just make out. I'll just be like, come on. Uh, <laughs> get it all in there. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to miss a drop. Um, pants. Strong zero, pants down. Pants down. Uh, last one, David Finley's physique. Um, pants up. Sorry. I mean, this is me talking too, but pants up. <laughs> All right, so any other listeners, if you want to keep uh, pants up, pants down segment going, send us some suggestions for next week. 
All right, let's dip into Twitter then. Michael says, with Jay White taking Omega's place on the NJPW World Cover page with big three of Naito, Okada, Tanahashi, do you personally think he's ready for this position? And I'm putting it together with another Jay White question. If Omega doesn't sign with NJPW, do you see them putting a major title on Jay White faster, perhaps to form a redemption angle for Okada or Tanahashi by getting the title off him at Wrestle Kingdom next year? Look, again, I I don't think it's... uh... You know, I don't think we're out on an island here, and I don't think this is a stretch that they're going all in on Jay White. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's to me. I think it's it's. I, again, I don't want to bet the house, but I think Joel and myself are both saying that there's going to be a title change come new beginning. So, not many people hold that title, and there's a lot of people who say, "Well, why don't you give this guy a run? Why don't you? you this guy's getting a run." And it's sooner than later. Um, is it because of uh, Omega? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I, I think that kind of helped speed up things a little bit. Um, I think they're kind of protecting the house, so to speak, and, and and making sure Jay White is front and center and prominent in, in, in the direction of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So... Yeah, I, I, to answer both those questions, yeah, I think it's it's telling that you, you know that it's this quick, and yes, I think it's happening. I think it's 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 smack dab right in front of us. Someone made the point. I can't remember who it was. It might have been John Carroll. I think they said that they think Tanahashi will go into MSG as the champion because of all his years of loyal service. That it's like a little reward for him to be able to go into that MSG show as IWGP heavyweight nah. champion, which is a, a decent theory. It did give me pause for thought. So, yeah, I'm still leaning towards Jay White winning the title, but there's enough doubt in my mind to make it a very, very exciting show, that new beginning in Osaka show. I'll, I'll say this about loyalty. Loyalty is, I'm going to give you the house mic after your retirement show, and you can say what the fuck you want to say. That's loyalty. Loyalty is not changing your booking decisions or booking structure or or direction of a company. On and let's be honest here, a very major and important U.S. show in the biggest building that the United States has uh, when it comes to name recognition um, for loyalty. That's that's not a loyalty thing. That that that, that is something you have to do with for business. So um, I would I would I would say. Even though loyalty can can determine a lot of factors in what uh, happens in your career, maybe not losing to a certain person, maybe I don't I don't know if you make a booking decision around loyalty. Speaking of loyalty, RBX two thousand says chances of Kenny Omega swerving everyone and signing with the Ibushi Research Institute, six star matches and three sided rings for life. Yep. Let me ask you this: How sick and tired of you with this nonsense with with Kenny Omega? Like, just enough is enough. Just fucking make a decision and be done with it. And I, as much as I love the, the five star matches and the in ring stuff, it's just like, ah, uh, what? Just, just I don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's just I'm so over it right now. Like, it, like he's like to me. It's just so dramatic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just fucking sign. Ugh. Do something. 
I don't care what you do. Just do it's something. like the sort of person who goes on Facebook and posts like a sort of cryptic message and yeah. everyone messages go, you okay, hun? You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, yeah. You know, people can, can uh, uh, you know, some people might turn your back, but I know who my true friends are. Okay. There you uh, or, or, you know, the posting. All right, I think we're going to take a break from Facebook now because, yeah, okay, great. Thanks. Just do it. Ugh. So dramatic. Okay, this thought occurred to me earlier that would you say that Kenny Omega has not exhausted but more or less run the gamut of main event level feuds and programs as far as New Japan goes? Because he's had multiple matches with Okada. He's had a couple of big matches with Tanahashi. He's had lots of big matches with Naito. Other people, other top names in New Japan he's had main event matches with. Do you think at this point he's kind of running out of things to do in the New Japan main event scene? No. I I mean, especially when you consider the the other people that are on top. I mean, has Okada kind of run through everybody? Has Tanahashi run through everybody? I think they can make stars and they can develop things. I think we have plenty more that you could do with uh, Jay White. There's plenty more that you could do with Ibushi. You know, there's still that, that whole... Uh, story arc that everybody was kind of expecting. Um, I think there's still plenty that you could do with Naito. I think there's plenty you could do with uh, a whole slew of people. I mean, no, I mean, uh, Christ, you haven't even seen Will Ospreay yet. Uh, no, I think there's there, there's you could get at least you know fresh stuff, new stuff, and even kind of go back to stuff to 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 spark a fire. Nah, I think there's he's a talented dude. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best in the world to in my eyes. Um again, it's just this this drama that's just ugh, I'm just I'm just so over it. Fucking over it. Okay, uh, well, what do you think of this one then? Uh Tim says since AEW is starting up in May, what do you think of Kenny making a one or two match deal for WrestleMania weekend? I've read a few people bring this up and it does seem like an option and can have his long awaited match with AJ. I, I don't think WWE would do it. Um what uh, what interest what like why would WWE do that at that point? Um I don't know. I don't. I don't see that happening. That's just not the way that they do business. They could change that, but I just don't see that. And and truth be told, I don't really have any interest in that. Uh, Matthew says, if Kenny does stay with New Japan with the rest of the elite away, where do you think he stands in terms of factions? Lone Wolf or maybe staying his own with Ibushi? I know Damon hates the faction questions, so sorry about that. So you. <laughs> just based on the trajectory of this conversation over the last few minutes, maybe we'll just hand wave that one. All right. I, I look at I, again. I think he it, it's it's uh, he's an elite guy, and I don't think he joins any other factions. That's really Ahmed says. Who do you think NJPW will be signing this year? Everyone's looking at AEW, but NJPW might have a few surprises up their sleeves. Also, music Damon is missed. Oh, all right. Uh, I like Music Damon. Music Damon's fun. Uh, I mean, we, we can bring him back someday. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, new signings for oh, New yeah. Japan this Didn't year. we talk about that you... last week? I mean, I know... I, again, I uh, the only thing I do know is that they, they, they're they going to be ingre- aggressive in 2019. And what that looks like, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure that they're they're focused on 
WWE guys that are dissatisfied and contracts are up and that kind of stuff. I also do know that that you know they 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 are looking at Japanese talent that maybe they would want to sign as well. Names I don't know. The, 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 again, there were a couple names that were thrown at me that I don't even think will happen, but I know there's been at least an attempt. Um, and that's that. That's 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 all I know. But I, I'm sure that they will be aggressive in 2019. What names? I have no idea. Uh, Podmania says, what were some of the other names you went through before deciding on Super J Cast as a name for the podcast? Uh, I remember, was it the, something about the orange seats? I remember that one. Yeah. Um, so what we, we actually, we, we went back and forth a little bit on, on, on names because uh, it's, it's not as easy as it, as it seems. And you kind of want to get something creative and you want to kind of get something that rolls off the tongue. And um, it was, I think it was between this one when it, when it was all said and done, it was between this one and um, wasn't it like New Japan Unmasked? New Japan Unmasked, yeah, yeah. yeah we we were doing that one, um, and I just like that one just because um, I don't know. I just kind of there's a show that I like that kind of does that. It's not a wrestling show, um, and I was like, ah, it's my tie in. It sounds pretty good, uh, but there were other ones. We I actually have a list on my phone. Of some of them, and we were just like just throwing, just just writing shit down and seeing what stuck and what rolled off the tongue. And I think one of our litmus tests was: Can Kevin Kelly say this on a broadcast? You know what I mean? Would he be able to say that? Was really one of the things. Like, would it be easy to say? Um, and then I think we decided on this, and then I panicked out. I was like, I don't know if I like this one. I don't know if I like this one. Uh, and then I got talked off the ledge, and I love it. So. Um, yeah, I think I think it was between this one and New Japan Unmasked was the other one that we were kind of going back and forth on. Uh, Jay Wintle has got a question for Music Damon. When it comes oh. to Duran Duran's Rio album, do you prefer the Kirschenbaum remixes or the UK original? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, Rio is one of my favorite albums, top to bottom. I think every song is great. And and I don't care what WH Park says about Seven and a Ragged Tiger. Uh, it's not as good as Rio. <clears throat> Notorious, that was an underrated album. Uh, but the question is about the remix. So <clears throat> here's a fun fact. So I don't think Duran Duran gets enough credit uh, for the 12-inch remixes, the dance mixes, right? So back in the day, they were always kind of touted as the video band. Like they were the band that, that you know really made videos popular. And they, and they made the most out of videos because they're good-looking guys and they had these exotic locations and all this shit. And it was really new at the time. But really, one of the things that made them famous was, was were clubs, and they would play these twelve inch dance mixes of these songs that they had. But they didn't like edit like today. It's all in you know what what whatever program people use to edit audio. Um, it's all that you know. Do you take the sound clips, edit, splice, blah blah blah? But they would play new versions, like live versions in the studio of dance mix. So that so Planet Earth would now become a like a seven minute song, and they would play it live. Um, and they're they're great. Uh, so the question was the original mixes on the album or those twelve. Um, see, there's a couple songs. So so here's a perfect example. So the Reflex. Uh, everybody's heard the song The Reflex. You've heard the song The Reflex, right, Joel? Joel, you've heard the song. The Can fucking you sing reflex. it to me. The reflex. 
is an only child. I'm going to go look it up. I'm going to oh, listen to it while you're listen to Reflex, doing your please? music name a bit. All right. It's, it's, a, it's a classic 80s song. Uh, and probably Duran's biggest hit. Uh, so uh, that was at the height, their height of popularity. They were massive in 1985. Massive. Um, the song on the album is really kind of bland. It really doesn't have that fucking... That ba-da-da-da... But that shit, that's all Niall Rogers, the producer, who was in Chic, and he did uh, work with NXS, and he, he brought that fucking song to life. So there's something to be say about remixes and stuff like that. Um, the album is good because I like the continuality of it, uh, but I love a remix. Like, Hold Back the Rain remixes are better than the album versions. Um, and that's like just like a kind of, I don't want to say a throwaway song on radio, but... Uh, I don't know. I might like the remixes a little bit more. I might like the remixes a little bit more. So there's there's an answer to that question. There's your music, Damon, for the day. I I am listening to the song on YouTube as you speak. I, I don't think I've ever heard it before. Really? Sorry. Yeah. I was. I how think maybe you... you need to give me a, a, like a proper musical education on Duran. I, I like listen, I'll, I'll fucking hook you up on the Duran stuff. Uh, again, the the early stuff is more. Kind of like that new romantic, new wavy kind of thing in you know heavy baseline kind of stuff. Um, you know, first album Planet Earth, Girls on Film. Second album Rio, Hunger Like the Wolf, all that. Third album Reflex is a little bit more poppy, but then they kind of do a complete curve. And Notorious is like this real funky album. It's it's uh, it's kind of like well, I mean, I was going to give you a, a Beastie Boys analogy, but. You're not going to get it. But uh, I think those three albums are great. And then they get Big Things Not Bad, um, Liberty Stinks. Uh, and then they kind of get off into this real, real like mainstream pop area. This is really not that great. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll hook you up with the Duran stuff. You might like it. You know what? It, like, you know the band Paramore now? Yeah. Okay. So Paramore sounds like they're dropped right into 1986. They they somehow got into a fucking time machine and wound up here. Um there that's 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 a that's a very Duran-y sound that Paramore has. Um so if you like that then then I think you like a lot of Duran but all right, uh, enough of that. People get bored by this. Uh William says, "Damon, what was the reception to NWO Japan by the Japanese fans and what did you think of the group?" It was hot. It was red hot, right? To this day, people, you'll see NWO t-shirts in the crowd uh, at Japanese wrestling shows. Um, super hot, super popular time for New Japan. Um, I mean, Bischoff basically stole the idea. Um, it was hot. I, 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 I can't say that I was in love with it. And, and a lot of the Bullet Club nonsense stuff that we hand wave currently... I mean, it's not like that's new and original. That's that's NWO stuff, and that's really a lot of the reason why it was so pop. It's so popular, like Bull Club stuff, um, is is really a rip off of NWO. I'm not going to lie, um, and you know, American version and Japanese version. It, so, I just always remember the one like they had this like one vignette. And it was the NWO in in like this cell, this prison cell, and they break out of this prison cell. And I was just like, oh, this is the hokiest fucking thing in the world. Uh, and I, and again, the big storyline was Muda being, uh, pro, you know, they're they're trying to get him into the NWO, 
And but it was the great Muda and 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 Kenji Moto, kind of like the 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 great Muda pers- persona was NWO, but Kenji Moto was not right. So that was kind of like what? Okay. Um, and and that whole storyline of getting both sides of the mind into NWO. Uh, I can't say I hated it at the time, but I can't say I was in love with it either. Um, it was it was a solid okay, and for all the reasons that we talk about Bullet Club being a solid okay, um, you know, interference, nonsense, bullshit like that. So, uh, but then an occasional. Not even occasional. You know, you'd have your, your very good matches, but um, it was NWO. So what you got with the NWO here, you, you, you kind of sing thought process going on over there. Uh, Scott says, a Western wrestler who is a champion in NJPW but isn't on every tour, has been criticized for his style of selling, does annoying things on social media. So when does the wheel turn and everyone starts hating Will Ospreay like they did Kenny Omega? Well, I think they Scott, already did. I would say as soon as, well, that and also when he wins the IWGP heavyweight title, then you'll mm. see those voices start to get louder. Yeah, yeah. But uh, listen, there's there's plenty of backlash on Will, right? It seems like, uh, you know, there's a time period where uh, every six months, you, you know, he was doing a knucklehead thing online, whether it's... Uh, the, the GoFundMe he got some punches for, and wasn't there stuff with uh, – I mean, I'm sure – I don't know. I can't go through a whole laundry list of, of social media outrage. But, yeah, yeah they're, they're, his popularity and his backlash online definitely had ebb, ebbs and flows. So uh, just go back in his timeline. I'm sure you'll see plenty of that. I think I've sort of went through a phase where that sort of stuff bothered me, but now – I don't know. I guess I just I don't really care anymore. Wrestlers can be dumb and say dumb things sometimes. Yeah, I'm just kind of exhausted by it. Hey, me too. And again, it kind of falls back on my original thing of just don't go on it. It's it's never a winning scenario. You know what I mean? I I I just don't know if people go see you because of what you do on social media. I, I say that with the young bucks, and you know, maybe 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 I'm the 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 stupid one. I'm probably the stupid one, um, but I just don't see how that is helping anyone. I think it just does more harm than good. You have more opportunity to fuck up than you you do to shine. So, um, no, I just say get off of it. Okay, uh, Bastard of Heavy Metal says, would like to hear discussion on Milano Collections in-ring career, fave moments, matches, etc. He's someone who I haven't watched enough of. Um, he, he was in CTU, um, which was a faction, uh, Liger, when Liger was doing his heel stuff, um, he's got, he had a nice little junior heavyweight title run. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that really stood out in my, I don't have anything in mind on the spot, but, uh, his title defenses were, were good. And I wouldn't say great, but there's some good matches in there. Um, so, so seek those out. Seek out those title wins and those title defenses. I think, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, uh, given that you have no frame of reference right now for him. Um, I, I wouldn't call him one of the all-time greats, um, but I think there's there's stuff in there that you can again, again the title runs not bad, not 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 not, not horrible either, but not bad. Mondo Mishima says Dolph Ziggler slash Nick Nemeth. 
It's rumoured to leave WWE. Any chance of seeing him in New Japan? So uh, let's add that to pants up or pants down. Dolph Ziggler in New Japan. I think he's talented. I really do. I don't, I don't know why people bang on him. I just think he's just so... like People are just tired of seeing him. Um, I would go pants down. Uh, slightly. I, I'd say just right below... Right, right at thigh. Right at th- I'm not going all the way down. Uh, they're 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 down, but they're not all the way down. Uh, I've got a funny story now that you've mentioned that. Uh-oh. I probably shouldn't share this on the podcast. Uh, yes, you should. I'm well, now so you I should. feel like I should. <laughs> all right, let's get right into that. Right. So uh, I'll, I'll go sem- semi down for Dolph. Uh, again, it's a WWE name. I know people will kind of hand wave it just for that alone, but I think he's talented and I think he would finish just fine. So my lovely wife Mally has been going to hospital regularly for health things. I, I won't get into the details yeah, yeah, of it, yeah, yeah. but basically the nurse and the doctor, this was last Friday, said to her that she needed to have a shot in the backside, which mm-hmm. I've, I've had before. And when you imagine that, Damon, and they say, right, you need to have a shot in the backside, which part of the backside are you imagining the shot goes in? Well, I'm assuming the the fleshy part, the, the, the backside, your derriere, your... Uh... Uh, cheeks, if you will. Well, have had the experience of having it myself. It's usually sort of just the very top of your buttock, almost right. lower back, right? Kind of, kind of not not quite your hip, but just the top part of your the cheek. Sure. So, <laughs> so they say, okay, we need to give you an injection in your your pigu, as they say in Chinese, pigu. I say, oh, that, that's your bum, Mally. So she gets up and pulls her pants and her underwear <laughs> like all the way down. <laughs> Like down to her knees and sticks her bum out. And then wow. the nurse and the doctor are like, no, 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 no. Wow. And I was dying. That is... I've got this on video because I was taking a video because we had to give her the shots at home as well. So it was sort of like an educational thing because I needed to know. Oh, sure, education. Myself. Yeah. So uh-huh. I've got video footage of this event, which I don't know. Maybe if I get drunk enough in New York, I might share with you. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. share it online. Speaking but, yeah. of pants up, pants down. Yeah. If she, if, she, if she has a couple in her, uh, we'll, we'll have to ask to see that. That is fucking tremendous. That's like, that's like something a little kid would do. Um, Oh my god, that's that. She so she, without any hesitation, she just unbuckles and it's it's drops to the floor. Yeah, very eager, very enthusiastic. It's like, yeah, wow. let's, let's get it done, guys. <laughs> that's a good egg right there. All right, I like I like I like your style. Uh, wow, that's great. <laughs> I can just right, better move on to the next question. I can just picture uh, your you- face. I, that's all. That's what I can just picture. Just you <laughs> cracking up like what the fuck. Uh, all right, yeah, next question, please. Uh, Gin and Juice Robinson says, please tell me you see the Taguchi Liger PSA spots. Uh, more than that, if you go to Wrestle Kingdom, you will see the uh, cop Liger cosplayer doing yeah. the rounds outside the Tokyo Dome. That's right. That's right. There was a guy who, who had the, the cop cosplay going on, right? I forgot about that dude. Um, yes, uh, I have seen them. We both have seen them. They, they play them live. Uh, Taguchi filming and getting arrested and thrown into the penitentiary. Uh, <laughs> drunk Taguchi's my favorite. Drunk Taguchi's pretty good too. All right. Um, yeah, they they they, they play it uh, live at the show. So uh, that's they had the cosplay. There was a guy who had the police cap over top the mask with the you know the horn sticking at the top. Yeah, fucking great. Yes, absolutely. We've seen it. And by the way, that is a great. Uh, was it Gin and Juice Robinson? That's a great screen name. 
That is awesome. Uh, Grizzly Shark says, at this moment, who do you see is more valuable to the company, Osprey or Zack Sabre Jr.? And do you see them going to this match soon because of the Never title, or do you think they should hold off until something like Wrestle Kingdom? Mm. I think Osprey seems to have the highest ceiling at the moment. If if I had to pick, I would say he is more likely to be IWGP champion material than Zack is. As far as a match between them goes, I don't know. I mean, they did have, a, I think, a, a really good match in rev pro a couple of years ago i want to say which was awesome um but it feels like the kind of thing you'd want a big stage for maybe a uk show or i don't know about tokyo dome what are your thoughts on that i don't know if either of them are iwgp heavyweight championship bound right again i think that goes to a select few and i don't necessarily know if if that those are it Again, with that being said, they're both two of my favorite pro wrestlers active today. So, um, to save them for a bigger show, I think that's probably what what they'll do. I can't imagine that just being wasted. And I think that there's a, a natural build for not only a match, but a feud between the two. So, yeah, again, I don't know necessarily heavyweight championship but i think that there is a natural built in and a few that i would want to see um i wouldn't be surprised if you see that this year it really depends on what they i don't know if if one is bigger than the other i really think that they really are neck and neck and that's what makes it interesting to me because at that point it's like okay who wins it doesn't seem like either of them are 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 one's above the other by any great lengths so if Will holds on to that title, I would I would think I would think that that's 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 a natural built in feud in 2019. I think I I hope we see that sooner than later because again my only fear would be Will losing a title or you know you know somebody's got to hold a title for there to be a challenge and again Zach could pick up something along the way or, or you know. I just hope it's sooner than later because I'd be interested. I, I, I'd be that would be a pants down for me seeing that match. I'll be pants down for the promos alone. Hey, right? They would be brilliant, wouldn't they? They'd be fucking great. Yeah, yeah. That that that's something I'm looking forward to. Okay, Rasmus says, "What's a wrestling related opinion you used to have for a long time, but have now recently changed?" Probably Jay White would be the closest thing, right? I mean, that's that's. That's probably the biggest turnaround in the past year or so. That and um, I like uh, maybe Tai Chi. I mean, I, I loathe him with a passion. And now it's not so much a loathe. It's more of a, there's you know, there's an interest there that could be good. Uh, so I would go with those two. For me, I used to love spot fest matches, like ladder matches, TLC matches, things like that. But... I was sitting down WrestleMania weekend. I had my parents visiting me. They came over to Shaman. And I forced my dad to watch the WrestleMania weekend stuff. And it was the big takeover New Orleans show, which got rave reviews. And we were watching the, I think it was a six-way ladder match for the North American title or something like that. And he just burst out laughing every time they set up one of these big spots because he just felt it was so ludicrous and contrived the way that they were just like having four guys taking a nap outside the ring. So you could have two guys, you know, having their little choreographed spot in the ring. Um, 
every time he was like sort of the canary down the mine for me every time he laughed then I sort of thought yeah you know that is a bit stupid and from that point on I just I'm, I can't really get into matches like that anymore yeah way to go way to, way to ruin it for everyone <laughs> um yeah thanks dad <laughs> yeah thanks dad um Look, there's plenty of silliness in pro wrestling that, you know, if you looked at it with a logical eye, you're kind of like, what? That makes no sense. Uh, But, again, that's that's something that you have to do. I mean, but you watch a movie and there's, you know, watch Star Wars and, you know, there's 5,000 lasers shooting all around and nobody dies. You know, so it's a – you just got to – Midichlorians. Yeah. I mean, you got to suspend that disbelief sometimes. So uh, what are you going to do? I don't, but no, I think Jay Wrestling White Wrestling with is my girl. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, I was just going to say Jay White's probably my number one top of the list thing that I changed my mind over. I turned the corner on him after the, I think it was the Hangman, no, the David Finley match he had. I can't remember what the show was. It was a Cracker and Hall show. And then what finally sold me on him being a superstar was... I think it was the Cow Palace show. Was that where he had the match with Juice Robinson and they pissed off yeah, Jay, uh, yeah, yeah, Josh Barnett? Yeah. yeah. And I remember that. That was the point where I was like, wow, th- he's a made man now. And I've been banging the drum ever since. Jay White. Yeah, I think, like I said, the G1 was a struggle to get through for me with him. And again, we were focusing a lot on character work and I just didn't think that was the platform to do it in. Um, but no, definitely turned a corner in the past six months on him. And again, I think that Wrestle Kingdom match was just brilliantly laid out, and I don't know. I, 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 I'm definitely more excited now than I, than I was. But again, I'm always the you know last guy on the train. It seems like so um, that's not odd for me. But Jay White is is mine. Sandy says, "Do you think the big expansion of NJPW shows next year in Japan coincide with Naito's comments last year about not concentrating on USA and aiming to running domes in Japan instead?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know if the implication here is that after they heard Naito's comments, they thought, "Oh, yeah, Naito's right. We need to do more stuff. We need to do more dome shows in Japan." It's just, you know, something that comes with the company expanding and the company's expanding not just internationally but also domestically. There's obviously huge appetite huge demand for more new japan more big shows domestically in japan and they are quite sensible to be tapping into that right i mean and again we we always used to complain about how they weren't aggressive and they can run bigger buildings they're not going to run bigger buildings if they don't think they can run bigger buildings um so no i don't think 92's comments had much to do with their business decisions um, they figured they can run it. They're going to run it. Bigger buildings. Um, and, and, and again, G1, I know this flies under the radar to a lot of people. G1 starting in Dallas is a pretty big fucking deal. Um, and it's a big building too. So uh, they, they just got to feel like they can do it. Um, and they will. It's it's about profitability and, and doing the right thing business-wise as opposed to a wrestler having a comment on a, you know a backstage segment. Ben says, Jay White has had extensive programs with Omega, Okada, and Tanahashi, but not been in the ring with Naito since mid-2017. What are the chances we see the biggest heel and face in NJPW in a program soon? It does seem that they're saving that one. Yes. And I don't know what they're saving it for, but I feel that is going to be a big show, and to me, it feels like it's going to be a title change. I don't know who, from whom to whom, but... 
gun to my head or switchblade to my throat, I would say Naito taking the IWGP title off Jay White, possibly even this year, maybe even at Dominion. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it does seem like they are purposely keeping them away. Uh, Two, I mean, everybody everybody was kind of geared up even past this past Wrestle Kingdom to 2020 and Naito winning a title, right? That's a, that's a, that was a, everybody's thought process. It felt like you know they were they were going to give him his shot at that point. Uh, it's hard to say. Could be Dominion, but I, I I'm I lean more toward they got they got two dome shows. They got they got to find a way to to fill. Um, maybe Naito's in in their plans for that for one of those two to take a title, uh, the big boy belt and. And people finally, finally getting what they've been clamoring for for quite a while. Anwar says, what are your hopes for the cutthroat era? Were you surprised at Damon's great fashion style? Absolutely not. I always knew Damon, you're a a dapper gentleman. Are you going to reserve in advance for Yano's bar for Wrestle Kingdom 14? Will Shingo be in Best of Super Juniors and G1 Climax in the same year? So let's deal with those uh, chronologically. Hopes for the cutthroat era. I think Jay White becoming the star that I think he is now has thrown a real spanner in the works as far as main event programs go, particularly, you know, future dominions of wrestle kingdoms and stuff. I've really feel that he, uh, and also judging by the way people are reacting to him in the fan polls, he's coming in really highly in those domestic fan polls. So he's over people like him. So my hopes for the cutthroat era, Hmm, Tokyo dome main event, Possibly within the next two years. I don't know if that's too soon. Um, we should reserve for Ebritas. I think believe that's the name of Yano's Bar next year. Yeah, because it's, it's on definitely both days. Tokyo Dome. We're doing it. Uh, Shingo Best of Super Juniors and G One Climax. I don't know if he would be bumped from junior to heavyweight so quickly, but it wouldn't shock me if they did. I mean, they did it before with Prince Devitt. Could you see that yeah. happening with Shingo? I think that's what everybody's kind of geared up for, right? I mean, he he he's one of those guys that just doesn't seem like he fits in as a junior, right? He, I, I, and when I say fits in, he just seems like the ceiling's higher than that for him. Um, so to me, I don't think he was ever brought in to be a junior, just a junior. And I and I and I say that with all the respect in the world for the juniors, but. Uh, we we know what I'm talking about. So again, I see him as more of Devitt, more along the lines of Omega, more along the lines of Ibushi, Ibushi, more along the lines of uh, groomed for bigger things. So uh, I I would not. I think he'll be, and I put in the air quotes, a heavyweight sooner than later. He's not going to spend a lot of time in the juniors. Podmania says, with Kushida leaving and Hiromu's injury status unknown, what stars would you like New Japan to draft in for best of the super juniors? And why is the answer Bandido? Yeah, you'd have to expect now that he's signed with Ring of Honor that Bandido does make an appearance in best of the super juniors. El Fantasmo, another person I'd like to see. Uh, Robbie Eagles, I think he's a lock. I think we'll almost certainly be seeing him. And David Starr. I think it would be cool mm. to see him. Yeah. 
there's a, there's a name that 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 uh we haven't heard from uh in a new Japan ring. You think you think uh you think Dave's going to make a make an appearance? I think so. You'd have to think with the uh frequency that he works RevPro and the fact that he does seem more of a a bigger name internationally than a lot of the guys on the RevPro roster that he would be someone that New Japan would be interested in. I don't know. Um, I don't know how I. I don't know where I am on that. To be honest with you, uh, I like him. I don't know where he would fit in in the in the in the promotion. Um, I hate to be lazy and just stick him in to Bullet Club. That would be a real lazy thing to do. But truth be told, I mean, unless you're just bringing them in and, and that's it, like just just to do the tournament, which they do to a lot of guys, right? I don't know where he fits in. Um, yeah, I, I would think just one-off appearance in the Super Juniors for now. But uh, yeah. I think yeah, he had that little program with Tiger Mask going on last summer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, what the fuck? What's it going to hurt, right? Go ahead, bring him in, give him a shot, see what happens. Better than better than better than anybody else on Fantastic. I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, Sandy says, which of the current young lions goes on excursion first? Do any skip excursion altogether? And what year does Umino become heavyweight champ? Uh, yeah. So as I said earlier, I think Kitamura is going to skip excursion. I think Yoshida. I don't know if he counts as a young lion. But I don't think he's going to go on excursion. I think all the others would benefit. So Umino, uh, Narita, uh, Suji and Uemura in that order, I think, will be going on excursion. And Umino, heavyweight champion. Mm, no. What is he? He's 21. So I do think he is going to become heavyweight champion at some point. Maybe 20... 2026. 20, really? You can yeah, I, think it, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm going a little later than that. I'm going a little bit later than that. That's it. That's 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 young. Um, I mean, you're, you're talking Okada. You're talking Okada levels of young, right? That's yeah, young. I. I mean, I think he is showing the same promise at this age that Okada was when he was at a similar level. Mm-hmm. Big praise. Big praise, Joel. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit older, though. I think eventually he does. I don't know. That's. I mean, that seems like a. It does seem like a long time away, given where he is right now. But I, I would. I'm going to. I'm going to say a little bit later. He'll hold the title. I'm going to say a little bit longer. A little bit. A little bit more of a wait. Mark says, of the current champions, who do you think will have the longest title reign? That's a tricky one, because I can see the argument for a lot of those titles changing hands at New Beginning. I don't think they will. I don't think... I think Tanahashi's dropping the belt to Jay White. I think Naito is not going to hold on to the IC title very long. I think maybe Osprey. I think you could see Osprey having a nice long run with that never title, holding it for, I don't know, best part of a year maybe. Really? Just the other ones, they, they, they seem to change hands rather quickly. The tag titles. That's what I feel about the Never. Man. That's the, that's what I feel about the Never title. Like, the Never title is one of those titles that can change hands quickly. And, you know, 
I'm going to say Ishimori with the junior. I'm going to say Ishimori holds on to that for... I'm going to go so far as to say he might hold on to that for the entire year. He might hold on to that for the entire year. Even if, like, Hiroma wins best, uh, best of the Super Junior and challenges, I don't think it's a slam dunk that he wins there. I think yeah, Hiro- they like to have the slow build and make yeah. you wait and give you the little heartbreak in yeah. between, don't they? Yeah. I would say Ishimori's probably my my pick to hold on to the title, his title, longer than anybody else. Yeah. Hmm. I like that one. Uh, Mark says, who are the next up-and-coming main event level talents to join the heavyweight tier of Tanahashi, Naito, Switchblade, and Okada? And two, will we ever see a Tamatonga singles push, e.g. versus Switchy for the control of the Bullet Club? Uh, no. Pants up for the second one. I don't. I think right. the days of Tamatonga singles pushes are over. I think they have yep. him firmly paid as a tag wrestler, which is fine. I think he's good at that. Next up-and-coming main event level talent to join the Elite Four of Tanahashi, Naito, Switchblade, and Okada. That's that's a really tricky one. Possibly Shingo? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. I'll go, let's, let's table that one. I don't really have a definitive answer. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm just trying to look up the next question. Okay, uh, Goldberg Rule says, this may be more of a Damon question because he's been in the game longer. In terms of drawing star power, where does Tanahashi stack up against the three musketeers? Um, Choshu, Anoki, Four Pillars, etc. Well, I mean, it was a different time and a different space, right? So, uh, if you... Because they had primetime TV, New Japan, back then. So, it was a lot easier to get mainstream stardom than it is today um, because even with 40,000 people being at the dome pro wrestling still is a little bit of a you know segmented audience right um, whereas back then and again I wasn't there mind you but the word on the street was <clears throat> these were a little bit more celebrities and a little bit more mainstream because of because of just of the TV situation that they had um, now that being said, I mean, again, a lot of credit get, is, is put on Tanahashi for, you know, beginning the, this new renaissance for new Japan pro wrestling. But if I'm being completely fair, I don't know if it's at the same level of Anoki or the same level of Choshu or the same level of, uh, Tatsumi Fujinami, you know, when, when we go over and, you know, people who don't know anything about wrestling see us and they're like well why are you here and we talk well we're here for pro wrestling and in some of the first names they come out are all the older people you know the you know a, a name that always gets brought up is stan hansen ah stan hansen uh yeah uh but nobody nobody talks about like okada <laughs> you know you know nobody you know um people just seem to know and remember and recognize it's kind of like here you know, when you say, oh, I like pro wrestling, and, you know, somebody who's of a certain age, oh, Hogan, oh, uh, Jimmy Snooker, oh, uh, Chief J. Strongbow. You know, these are names that are just, like, ingrained in people's heads because it's what they, you know, I guess it with with less options, you just, you know, see more of that, I guess, even if you're not even a fan. 
So to answer the question, no, I don't think Tanahashi's on that level of a Noki Choshu superstardom. Uh, but again, all credit has to be to him for what he was able to do in helping resurrect this company. Nick says, do you think Mania Weekend and more specifically the G1 Supercard show being a month before the first All Elite show will hurt it in a significant way? Pockets are sure to be light for another weekend of travel and lodging. No, I think, I think, I, I, you know, WrestleMania Weekend is, is historically a very high travel and destination weekend for pro wrestling fans. With that being said, uh, I think the the people that follow Kenny and the Bucks and Cody and all elite and all that they're very passionate. They'll find the money. They'll sell what they have to sell or uh, do what they have to do. I, I I'm I wouldn't be worried at all about that place uh, selling out and doing good numbers gate wise. People will be there. Um, look, they got to run. They can't. They can't. They're not going to run the next day, mind you. A month or two out, I think they'll be fine. People will find money and people will go. And and I, I I'd be shocked if tickets didn't sell out uh, once they are they are announced and, and are released. Given that the name of the show is Double or Nothing, do you think it's likely? Well, one that it will be what around twenty thousand instead of the eleven thousand it was for All In, and maybe there's some sort of gimmick with a name like if they don't sell all the tickets. If it's not a twenty thousand sellout, then they will refund <laughs> the ticket money of everyone who's bought a ticket. So I think that would work. Um, there's no way they're giving back money. <laughs> there's no fucking way. Yeah, but they wouldn't have to because it would sell out. I think if they run with that premise, then so many people would buy tickets that it would sell out. Yeah, but if it doesn't sell out, you're giving the money back. If yeah, it will sell out. But what if it doesn't? I mean, it's twenty thousand. I don't think. Uh, well, okay. Twenty thousand is a big number, Joel. Yeah, it's not three. Twenty thousand is a big number. They're not. They're not giving away the. I don't care so if it's what, fifteen. What about the meaning? Du- double or nothing? What's the nothing? I, it's a Vegas. I don't know. I mean, I don't. Don't please don't. Re- they're not. Who knows? But they're not giving away money. No. The Young Bucks giving away money? These are the same people that charge $40 for an autograph and a picture. They're not giving away money. (laughs) Trust me. That's the last thing those guys are doing. I don't blame them. No way. All right, sticking with All Elite, Tyler says, if you're booking All Elite Wrestling, how are you introducing and crowning your first world champion? Tournament, match, battle royal, combo of the aforementioned choices. It seems that we're looking at Hangman Page versus Pac in a singles program for the title. And I don't know how you, which direction you would go for that because I guess Hangman Page is the guy that you want to build the promotion around. But do you think he is better as a champion or do you think you want to have him chasing for a while? I think you have to chase. Here's the thing. As much as we're, we're throwing praise upon Hangman Page right now, is he the guy that you want to to carry your company leading in? I would think you would give that title to Cody. Cody's got a lot more rec- name recognition, uh, you know, for me to be a, the face of the company. Now, I think that going into All Elite, you you make Hangman Page 
a prominent figure building up to winning that title. Right? I think that's the story. But I don't think out of the gate you give him the title to say, carry this promotion. I think you make him a bigger name than what he already is within the confines of All Elite. And that with, with the eventual goal. He, he's, he's your Jay White right now. He's your, he's your Jay White. That's, that's, that's where I would, I would place Hangman Page, build him to get to the spot of the main, main spot, but not out of the gate, no. Two kind of similar questions here. Adrian says, a simple yet complex question. Where do we go from here? Who gets moved up in the hierarchy with all this reshuffling and moving around? Um, and Jeremy says, this year felt like a very big turning point year. Do you think this is the year we're going to see New Japan be very heel heavy with the guys on top? It feels dark and dreary. So I don't know about what you, your thoughts about that. Do you know. think we're going to see lots of heel action this year? Because the way it came out Wrestle Kingdom, it felt like a very... I don't know. Uplifting. The, the baby uh, yeah, faces yeah. coming out on top. Tanahashi winning. Naito winning. It felt celebratory to me. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel a, a little bit different. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, closing out that show, that was that was babyface personified. So, I mean, again, we feel like it's it. it this is being groomed for Jay White, and and New Beginning will be where the the launch pad where that occurs, but. No, I mean, as of right now, no, I, I kind of feel a little bit opposite. I feel like it's uh, 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 the sun is out and the rainbows are out and uh, everybody's got smiles on their face. We got, we, got a, we, got a little, we got a little bit of time before we get into uh, the doom and gloom of Jay White and Switchblade taking over. But uh, no, I think right now it's uh, feel good Tanahashi and everybody's uh, all, uh, all smiles as we go uh, into New Beginning. I think it'll be a big year for LIJ as well. I think they're going to get a lot of success this calendar year. Stefano says, with Osprey moving into the heavyweight picture, there's a big opening for Chaos's junior member. Who would you like to see fill that role? Kawato coming back or someone else? Yeah, the Kawato thought did occur to me, even though there are links with him and LIJ. Um, maybe Yo is someone I could see being a future big junior star but I don't know if you'd want to break up Rapongi 3k this early but yeah, any thoughts on the spot for a junior in chaos yeah I mean I, I don't I don't have a problem with Rapongi 3k splitting up I mean I'm kind of over it to be tr- truthful I think uh, I, I think they've kind of run their course for me what, what else are you going to do split them up Let's let's give him some singles action. I, I would have no problem with that. Um, so show, yeah, let's do that. I, I, I let's start there. You already, you already have somebody pre-built. Start with show, and we can move forward from there. JDM says, "Have you seen any of Aussie Open, Carl Fletcher and Mark Davis? And do you think they'd fit in NJPW's tag division? Uh, what did you think of Pack versus ZSJ from Rev Pro? I haven't seen that match, but I think." Aussie Open would be the sort of team that I would have expected to see in the World Tag League, but they didn't seem to bring in many outsiders in the last World Tag League uh, tour. So I wouldn't hold your breath if you're expecting them to be appearing in New Japan anytime soon. Yeah, I think your shot is um, World Tag League. Um, I wouldn't have a problem bringing them in. I like them. I think they're fine. They're good. 
bring him in World Tag League, though. I don't know what, uh, what other opportunities you might have uh, during the calendar year. I think we're pretty stacked. With Here's the thing. I, I, and again, I say that they're going to be aggressive and they're going to bring in people, but they're going to be very they're going to be picky on who they bring in. I don't think it's just going to be any Tom, Dick, and Harry. And that's not to say Aussie Open or, or shit or anything like that. It's just the opposite. I like them a lot. But I think they're going to be a little bit picky on who they bring in. John says, gun to your head, if you could do just one, Wrestle Kingdom or New Year Dash. Now, they were very, very different experiences for me. I don't know. I just found being at Karakuin and being at Dash was felt a bit more special for me. It was like you said before, that sort of exclusivity of being, yeah, I'm really in. I'm in the special club now. And it being sort of hot and noisy and intimate, it was a real experience. And I don't know. I think I enjoyed that a little bit more than being in the Dome, if I say so. Yeah. Dome is, again, the best analogy I can give you is that, you know, your favorite band is playing the big stadium. Uh, but, you know, afterward, they're doing a small intimate club gig, right? And and where you hear a couple B-sides, you know, that you're not going to hear at the Dome. Um, so, yeah, it's a different experience. Which one do I like better? I mean, I like them both a lot. The thing about Dome is is it's the, it's the, it's the entire day that makes the Dome great. It's, you know... All day outside, weather nice, people outside, having a couple drinks, friends and pictures, and then on top of that, you got a great pro wrestling show, right? You know, the the, the big show of the year. And again, Dash is more of an intimate feel. It's more of a again, that that's it's it's the small intimate show where you're gonna get a couple B sides that you haven't heard in years. Um which one did I like more? Or which one would I prefer? I think overall, the day of the Dome is one of my favorite days of the year. Besides Christmas Eve, Dome Day is my favorite day of the year. So I'm, I'm going to go Dome, just for, for everything that it brings. Next question. How would you rank the ROH titles with the NJPW titles? ROH world title ranked less than IWGP heavyweight but more than Intercontinental title, question mark, tag title, six-man titles, and TV title, do some rank higher than the NJPW counterparts? ROH title, I think I'd have that below the IC title, maybe above the US title and the Never title. Ring of Honor titles below Intercontinental. Ring of Honor title is below... <clears throat> I would put it below the never. I mean, look at look at look at a Wrestle Kingdom show, and I know it's a New Japan show, but I mean that kind of tells you where that title's thought of. Um, Ring of Honor title is above the U.S. title, but that's about it. That's about it. I'll say as far as the other ones go, I'd probably put all of them even below the uh, Never Six Man titles. Is that unfair? Yeah, never, the, the Never Six Man title is the lowest you can go, right? I would rather win the CZW Heavyweight Championship than the Never Six Man title. 
Brian says, did this Wrestle Kingdom begin to clearly show how divided the Japanese fans and overseas fans are when it comes to what they see in NJPW and want slash expect out of NJPW? I don't think so, because judging by those awards, those the fan votes that we looked at, when you look at the Japanese fan voting, they are really into Kenny Omega and they're into Jay White. So I think there's more synergy than you would expect from what domestic fans and the foreign fans want. Yeah. And I th- again, keep in mind that there is a, a, a we're not a huge pocket of people who, you know, don't like the outside the ring Kenny Omega. It's, that's not a huge majority, right? I think, and and collectively, the people who are just overly Kenny Omega can do nothing wrong, and the people who despise Kenny Omega for every reason. There's more people in the middle that kind of are like, okay, I can kind of take it or leave it, or it doesn't bother me as much, or whatever. They're, they're more gray people. Um, but overall, the continuing factor, except for the people who don't like anything Kenny Omega does, is the fact that we all agree that in ring, he's fucking tremendous. So, you know, it's, I don't, I really don't think there's that huge divide between Western audience and, 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 and a Japanese audience and what, what they prefer. And again, there are a lot of people that root for Tanahashi. Um, there's a lot of people that root for Kenny. It's I don't I don't but I don't think there's this giant chasm between the two um, of, of Western and, and Japanese. I think there's pockets of people who enjoy different aspects of Kenny. Um, but I think the overall riding theme, and again, I think our, the votes for our award had something to do with that. I think other awards had something to do with that, and I think just think the general fandom of pro wrestling, New Japan pro wrestling, is Kenny Omega's great in the ring. And some people can take or leave what he does outside the ring. All right, let's do one more question. Uh, Sean says, with Switchblade focus on Tanahashi, is the Chaos Mole arc getting put on the back burner? Who do you think it is? And when do you think the reveal will happen? I still think it's something to do with this Chucky T situation. I can't help but feel that that's linked to it somehow. Something to do with Yoshihashi as well. It's so hard to know because... That whole Yoshihashi thing with him running down to make the save, like, we'll never know what was going to happen then. And that kind of, I wouldn't say drives me crazy, but it's something I do think about probably more than most people. Like, what what did they have in mind for him? Was there a big push coming? Was he supposed to f- factor into the Okada against Jay White thing somehow? So I can't help but feel he was central to that. And since he got hurt and disappeared, that was sort of put on ice. And we've heard nothing about the... Bullet Club chaos mole thing since I don't know it's yeah. been months hasn't it so it I has, wonder if they just sort of quietly dropped it see I can't imagine that right because I think we went too deep I mean this is a company that gives you breadcrumbs for really some of the most subtle things uh, and and rewarding people who really diligently watch this this is a more of a this is you know everybody knows everybody you know nobody's going to forget it's too out front for them to just be like, oh, we're just going to put this under the carpet and forget about it. Something's going to be done with it. I don't know when, but something's going to be done with it. This is not a company that just picks up something and drops it and never, you know. they. This is a, a, a company that's very good at laying down the bread of crumbs. So eventually, I think this will all get fleshed out. Okay, so you're saying it is in the Gato pocket notebook <laughs> yeah, I think somewhere. So. It's in the notebook somewhere. The I don't know what plan. page. Yep, it's in the notebook. It's in, it's in the moleskin notebook in the backpack. All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, Discord, please do join that channel because excellent stuff going on there. Good news, discussion, live chats during the shows. A lot of cool people there, so get involved in that. I think the link to the Discord is in the show notes. 
Um, please do check out our Pro Wrestling Tea Store. We have four really good designs on there, so get yourself a T-shirt. Um, the Voices of Wrestling book. I think that's... Uh, I don't know what the link for that is, actually. I should have probably prepared that before I did this plug, but you can find it. Yeah. I'm reading it. I'm about 25% of the way through it, and there's really good stuff, some really good essays and columns, and uh, John Carroll's uh, profile piece on Tai Chi was wonderful, so it's worth the price of the book alone just for reading that. Uh, of course, you get to decide your own price for that. So you can pay nothing if you want, but don't pay nothing because that means I don't get any money. So pay something towards it. It's good. It's really long as well, which I think is a good selling point. It's not the kind of book that you would sit and read cover to cover. I think it's something you sort of dip in and out of and um, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, so let's also wish a big thank you to our editor, Dan. Please visit his YouTube channel, 219 Films and a vodcast. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other brilliant shows on there. Give us a five-state review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 